You are now, now tuned into Progressive Action Radio, the most objective show in America. Hosted by Tramail Thompson, co-hosted by Jamel Wilson, and DJ Damage is on the wheels of steel. You will never know what to expect when thoughts and wisdom unite. People, get ready. ready, ready. Progressive Action is now live. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, the host, Tramel Thompson. Jamel's running a little late today, but I gotta hold it down for him until he get here. So what's going on, people? You know, this week in transit, um, very, very, very interesting week. You know, um, John Samuelson, the union president, has taken the side of the poor of New York City, which is a good thing. But one thing about his message that I don't like, he claims New York City has a whole bunch of money to give to the poor for free Metro cards. My problem with him is why is he worrying about that, but he don't use that same energy for the um, New York City Transit Authority to get us the proper raises that we deserve. John Samuelson has went on record to lie to say cost of living and inflation is the exact same thing. I'm still trying to figure that one out. But he's doing the governor's work again because the governor and the mayor do not get along for whatever reason. And Samuelson is playing God dog for whatever reasons. Um, what happened today, we had a assault rally awareness media thing today. And um, Brooklyn News 12 came. We was at Flatbush Depot. And of course, what happens? We get heckled. <laughs> we get heckled by the union out of fear. Like, uh, there's no real reason to get heckled about an assault march that affects every MTA worker, cleaners, bus drivers, train operators, conductors, especially bus operators, though. That's why we decided to come to a bus operator depot. So the union comes outside and says, um, who gave y'all permission to come here? Who gave y'all permission? Boy, I told you who gave me permission. Myself. Would I need permission from y'all to come to a, a depot, to stand in front of a depot? Who y'all think y'all are? I just don't get it. And, and all that fake tough talk, I'm inviting dudes around the corner to squash everything. That's how we doing it from now on. If you go come over there and heckle, be prepared to fight or do something because that's how we handling it and that's how it's going to be. Like all this disrespect that y'all doing in buses, I'm not going to take that. I don't care about no MTA patch. Don't think that's going to save y'all. Don't think because you're a union rep that it's going to save you. We not, we not going to do it that way. Y'all trying to bully the members and this is why things the way they are. No more bullying. I do not like bullies. Bully, the bullying has to stop within the union and we go stand up against that. Another thing that have transpired over this past week, um, public advocate Letitia James, she has been very vocal against the harassment at Local 100. I mean, not Local 100, I take that back, at Fox News. She has been very vocal about the harassment. 
But what's funny is that the same exact thing that's happening at Fox News is happening within our own union, Local 100, and she has been quiet. Now, I know why people would be like, well, why would she got to talk about the union? I'm going to tell you why. Letitia James has affiliated herself with the union and has spoke at a contract rally. And usually when these politicians speak for us, they, they taking our money, our COPE money. And she's, she's more than likely getting a COPE check, um, you know, for her presence and to speak about the issues only during contract time because all these people disappear after contract time and it's business as usual after that. So um, I reached out. I had the members tweet Letitia James and tell her, like, you know, you talking about Fox News, but you taking our COPE money and the same exact thing is happening in Local 100. So I say that to say this. I'm looking forward to having um, a conversation with Ms. James. And hopefully she could put an investigation on Local 100, the same energy she want to put inside Fox News, which, you know, I don't understand, you know, the, the it's 40,000 members in this Local 100 union. There's not 40,000 Fox members. You know, the union, she's a public advocate. You would think that she would stand up for unions before a corporation. But we know what it is. It's about business. Um, you know, it's about who's cutting her the check and what she's willing to turn a blind eye to. But we're not going to let her do that at Progressive Action. We want her to be transparent. Um, since the union don't want to be transparent. Somebody got to be transparent, and we will get the message out, the good word. And we are still standing strong over here at Progressive Action. Now, today, we have a very, very special show. We're going to talk about the lead in New York City school water. You know, this thing is being swept up under the rug. I call, I'm going to call him the lead expert because I, I haven't heard much information from anybody. That includes the mayor, the governor, uh, anybody, you know, no principal, no, no school custodian. I haven't heard anything from nobody who gave valuable information like this man I had met. The pleasure to meet uh, last week, I believe. Um, hold on, hold on. Not yet, bro. I got I to gotta, I gotta get you in there. I'm going to get you in there. But... Um, you know, he, he gives very valuable information on what he does. Um, he actually have a petition out that we're going to support on the show. And this man's name is Chris Lake. How you doing, Mr. Lake? I'm doing, I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great, brother. Thank you for having me here tonight. I'm doing really blessed. I had to have you here. I had to push back some other guests because I feel that this information is too important. All time is of the essence. It's, it's too important. These are our kids here. That's right. And, you know, you gave a very powerful speech when we had the press conference last week. And I was mad that the, the president put out the true message. Well, their job is to sell carnage more than anything. <laughs> it is. It and is. I, and I, knew, I knew that, um, you know, once I get you here, nothing will be censored. We would talk about the real issues. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you got an organization called Community for a Cause. Mm -hmm, that's right. What is that about? So that's a, uh, it's a 501c three charity that uh, established back three years ago in October. Uh, our goal is to basically protect and provide for vulnerable New Yorkers, and we do that through food rescue, which is to, uh, to go to restaurants, get food that they would otherwise throw out and bring to shelters. Uh, myself and my queen, we just did that tonight. Uh, we do food, we do clothing drives. We also do community outreach. We work with uh, the Office of the Bronx DA last summer to help uh, 
to help outreach for a gun buyback program. Also work with them to help uh, inform people about a warrant forgiveness program. Um, basically, we try to be a liaison between the government and the people, as well as a liaison between the people and those in need in the community so that we can all kind of raise each other up. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, the, that's the main goal. So we, we, we work with a lot of different spectrums of charity and uh, a lot of outreach, um, especially these children is one that's close to my heart, as, as that is my day job, so to speak. I do do behavior therapy with kids with autism. I work as a special educator. I've worked in the classrooms and uh, work with kids from ages three up to 18 for most of my life, to be honest with you. Wow. Since, since I was 14 years old, I've worked with kids in some form or another. And working in, ki in classrooms with kids with autism, I'd always see kids with lead poisoning. And that's actually what made me initially start my charity. Three years ago, the charity had a different name. It was called Couture for a Cause. I was doing fashion shows to raise money. Couture. Yeah, 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 yeah. We would actually do fashion shows to try and raise money. But that was, uh, you know, that was only, only the first step, okay. so to speak. But when I realized that kids with lead poisoning, um, I realized that there's um, not really a big enough advocacy for them because people assume that it doesn't exist anymore. It's a problem that's gone. Uh, the issue is that we've erased the memory of the disease because these families, these children, they don't go out, you know? They're not going to the mall, they're not going to the beach, they're not going to church. What happens with these families, with these children, is that they have been damaged by lead, which makes them less intelligent and very aggressive to a point where their family can barely handle their own children. Wow. Um, these children don't often have the ability to speak that much, if they can speak at all, to communicate effectively. And they have a range of behaviors from banging their head into the wall to, to eating garbage off the floor to, I know one child, he pulled out his own teeth. You know, there's all sorts wow. of crazy stuff. Yeah, man. And, you know, people think, oh, it doesn't exist. You just don't see them, man. People never see people with special needs unless they see literally a bus of people with special needs at, you know, some event. That's the only time you see it. You don't see someone walking down the street with a kid who has spinal bifida. You don't see a kid walking down the street or a family walking down the street with a kid who has autism on a daily day basis because these people for the most part they've become like recluse shut-ins because they have to because they, they're stigmatized they don't yeah. want the looks yeah. they don't want the stares yeah. and you know unless you're a special educator um you just don't realize it even exists you know yeah. and so basically the lead, the lead situation in new york has exploded uh, onto the news and the blogosphere because in september 2016 cuomo responded to the Flint crisis information by saying, you know what, let's test our water. Let's let's make sure our school. So, so Cuomo started. It yeah, Governor okay. Cuomo. Uh, Governor Cuomo actually put out a mandate back in September 2016 saying we need to test all public schools. And I'm going to say public schools, and I want you to remember that I said that because we'll come back to that later. Okay. All right. So he said, let's test all public schools and find out what what our water is because New York we pride ourselves. I, since I since I was a kid, since you were a kid, you remember here in New York is the best water in the world, Correct. right? Yeah. That's why bagels taste so good. That's why pizza <laughs> tastes so good. for real though. That's that's legit. There's something to that. I know uh, a pizzeria shop actually in uh, it's a pizzeria shop in California. They literally ship water from New York. Wow. By truck to California to make the pizza taste right. Wow. You know what I'm saying? There's, yeah. there's some pride in that. So you know he asked for the water to be tested. The schools all complied, but they cheated. Um, they ran the forces for like two hours the night before, and like almost every single school did this. And they found out, and they said, "You guys got to do this again." You gotta be fucking kidding me. You gonna you gonna cheat the kids? So they ran it again. And they found out 10 times as many um, faucets and water fountains and bubbles that kids are using had lead in them in unsafe amounts. So at that point. Now, let's make, let's make this clear. Yeah. The amounts in the water in the New York City public schools 
is just as bad as Flint, or maybe even worse. Some of them, yeah. Wow. And that's not to make people like panic. I don't want to get people calling me and saying, is my kid gonna such and such? Listen, I'll say this straight up. If you're a parent out there, your job as a parent is to protect and provide for your child, right? So if you're nervous at all about the lead situation, the very first thing I would say for you to do is get your kid tested. Go to your pediatrician, get your kid tested. That way you know for a fact if my kid is safe or not. And then when you get tested, make sure your pediatrician tells you the exact amount and by law, they're supposed to give you a written confirmation of that exact amount. Pediatricians are not doing this, not just for our community, just across the boards, because I don't think they know, I don't think they've been trained. Because again, we erased the memory of it. Yeah. So I think the importance of protocol has gone to the wayside. And that's another thing I'm advocating for, is people to remember to do their fucking job, especially when it comes down to take care of kids. Um, that being said, ask your pediatrician for a certificate. Make sure they give you the exact number and amount. Because otherwise, pediatricians say, oh, I tested your kid. Then they turn their back to you. They fill out some form that goes to a school, that goes in a database that parents never see. So parents just assume, well, if they didn't talk to me about the situation, I guess my kid is cool. Yeah. And a lot of parents will say, well, I don't want to question my doctor because maybe my doctor will feel a certain way. And then they either won't give me the kind of treatment that I deserve or give me the kind of services I deserve. No, question your doctor. If you don't feel comfortable about something involving your kids or yourself, question your doctor. And if you don't like your doctor, find another one. Now, b before we even get into the, the whole doctor thing, how does lead get into, high levels of lead get into the New York City um, school water? Great question. So that is basically the pipes leading right up to the water fountains. Okay. Right? So technically the water in New York City is straight. It is clean. The reservoirs that we hold the water in is clean. Uh, public water systems, as we call them, they're good as well. They do take care of that. But the issue is, we're an old city. Yeah. You know, that school that we met in front of, PS 289, George V. Brower School, yeah. that was built in 1958. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's going to have some old pipes. It's going to have some old paint. It's going to have some old everything. Correct. Um, you know, the uh, suburbs out in Long Island, the original suburb of this country is called Levittown. That was built after World War II. So you got a lot of Long Island towns and Long Island cities and schools that are old and no one's... We don't. We take that for granted that we're an old city, um, and where we have the fortune, I guess you could say, of never having been devastated by war, in that we, uh, but the disfortune that we never had a chance to fix our infrastructure. Correct. Places like Germany and Japan, they have bullet trains now because they were destroyed. Now. Correct. They had, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's a weird juxtaposition of how history plays out. Um, but so it gets into the system because the actual water fountain itself, like if you go to school and you see a water fountain right there, that water fountain, the pipe that goes into the ground, that pipe itself has lead in it. You know, galvanized pipes were used for years, and uh, sometimes that just, uh, it corrodes. And wow. Then, yeah, yeah. So that, and that's how the water got bad in New York City because yeah. the pipes is old and things like that. Now, before um, the governor, he mandated, like you said, the, uh, for the, all the schools to test all the water. Yeah. So when the schools found out there was lead in the water, what did the schools do? So different schools did different things, right? Uh, that's the way it always goes. Um, Excuse me. By law, the schools are supposed to send notification to parents within 10 business days of getting testing done to make sure the parents are aware. Of the initial testing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. 10 business days. So you figure two weeks. You know what I mean? They test on a Monday. By the next Friday, a parent should have gotten some notification. And some schools followed that, and some schools didn't. And some schools said they did, but parents are all confirming this hasn't happened. Um, the problem is that's against the law. And if parents feel, if parents are listening to this right now and saying, wait, I didn't get a notification until I asked for one. 
your school broke the law. So basically, every parent was supposed to get notification because he mandated that every school get yep. tested. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Especially Sp uh, Spanish parents, especially or Spanish-speaking parents, they were they were really behind the eight ball. They really didn't uh, didn't do them service. Wow. Because they didn't try to, or any family that needed uh, letters translated. They, they send everything home in English, and they didn't make that extra effort to say, well, listen, you know, we should make sure they know whether to speak in Spanish, whether to speak in Bengali, whether to speak in Creole, whether to speak in whatever, yeah. to let them know. So, uh, so let's get, all right, so they're supposed to send out, the, uh, once they do, they do the initial testing, 10 days to uh, send out the letters. Once they find out letters in the water, what's the next step was supposed to happen? The next step for the schools is simply to shut down that specific water fountain, because not all water fountains in every school, even George V. Brow, where we were at, tested positive. Oh, okay. Uh, I think at that one, specifically 29 out of 160 water fountains tested positive. That's so more than enough, though. It's more than enough. You don't want one, period, because yeah. these kids don't know. We, I mean, think about when you were a kid. You go to the water fountain, you drink it. If it tastes funny, it tastes funny, you, you keep moving. That's about as far as it goes. You're a kid. You got playing to do or you got, you know, you chatting with your friends to do. You're not thinking there's poison in my water fountain at school yeah. ever. Now, now with that, you um, like you said, they was bleeding the pipes out, Yeah. you know, to dilute, I guess, the lead in the water. So when it actually got tested. Now, did anybody look into maybe the 29 or whatever pipes it was was on the higher level floors? Mm hmm. Or was it on the lower level floors, or was it like? That's a fair question, but uh, from from what I've seen, it's uh it's not connected to it's an individual water fountain by water fountain basis. Okay. Yeah, um, based on just whatever piping system each one was put in, that's gonna determine what kind of uh, results you're gonna get. Okay. Yeah, um, but you know, as I said, they they what they'll do protocols they shut that down, they wrap it up too, they wrap it up in like a bag, they put like a barcode on it. And to let um, the kids know you can't use this, basically, and they, it's basically put out of service until the pipes are fixed. Okay. That's that's the protocol. And as far as I know, New York City has been pretty good about that. That portion of it, particularly, um, you know, it's still scary. And you know, I got to stress again, parents out there, listen and get your kids tested because lead is an invisible invader it doesn't give you a rash immediately after you, <laughs> you, you know what i mean if it did it'll be easier though right it's yeah. the same thing with everything like oh if i smoke cigarettes then a tooth falls out the next day you're not gonna smoke cigarettes exactly but it's no you smoke cigarettes for 40 years and then you find out you know at your daughter's wedding that you're gonna you got cancer, cancer so, yeah um lead's kind of the same way you drink it you don't you don't feel any different you don't notice anything but it makes you less intelligent. That's the first thing it does. And that's what's so scary about it. The very first thing it does is make you less intelligent. There's no, I'm not sugarcoating that. That's literally what it does. It'll damage your brain so that your ability to critically think is now diminished for life. Wow. And there's no getting it back. There's no getting it back. Wow. There's no getting it back. There's no therapy for that. And I've, I've, I've done therapy with kids from three years old, I've preschools. I've seen the kids who have lead poisoning versus kids who have autism versus kids who have microcephaly. That's when a kid's born with a small brain. The kid with a small brain has a better shot than the kid with lead poison from what I've seen. So yeah. I got to put that disclaimer in, right? But um, it's heartbreaking, man, because it just, they'll learn, but then there's this weird reset that happens, especially if you have like a long enough vacation or something, you know? They might learn the entire alphabet and then there's Christmas break and you come back and it's like. Gone. Gone. So you know, the parents got to understand that when we say the water, don't think just drinking water. They wash the fruits off, they wash yeah. utensils yep. off. With, with the with the same water and you know none of, if none of the water is safe to me if it's cool for them to you know block off individual water fountains we understand that but i believe if there's any lead in the school kitchen school should be shut down mm. 
That's a fair point. You know what I mean? That's School should point. be shut down because yeah. that's the heart. You got breakfast coming out of there. Yep. You have lunch coming out of there. You have fruits. When the kids do their class trips, you know, sometimes they get the, the bags to go on lunch with. You know what I'm saying? That should be shut down. I feel you, man. You know what I'm saying? School kitchen, automatic shutdown. I feel you, man. You know, um, every, you could work around everything else. They could be like, oh, they could use this one water fountain here, but the kitchen is the kitchen. I mean, honestly, I feel like every school, if they found they got lead in the systems, they should shut down all fountains and just bring bottled water or get like a like a, a water. With the bosses, they got the filtered water in the offices. I'm saying, and that's the way, way it always goes, yeah. though. That's the way it always goes. The people on top are always going to have the finest things, right? And they're going to wonder why we couldn't provide it for ourselves. Like, it's our fucking problem. Yeah. What's your educational background? <laughs> it's funny, man. I, uh, you know, I went to school out in uh, Long Island. I'm from Long Island. Right? Okay. I was born in Plainview. I went to Chaminade High School. I uh, went to Boston College for a couple of years. Didn't really like it, so I dropped out. Okay. Um, worked my ass off in the restaurants to uh, to save up money so I can go to Queens College. Okay. Uh, went to Queens College. Well, first I went to Nassau Community College because I, uh, you know, I had to start from scratch. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was working in the restaurant industry. I was also working at Children's Hospital at the same time, St. Mary's. So I was working two jobs to put myself through Nassau Community College. I got my degree, put myself through uh, Queens College, got myself a degree. What degree you have? Right now I have two masters. I have a dual master's in, in special and general education from birth to sixth grade. And okay. I'm about to go into my next level of education uh, come this fall. It's called the BCBA, a board certified, uh, excuse me, board certified behavior analyst. It's kind of like a degree between a master's and a doctorate. Okay. Um, which makes me kind of indispensable in my field. They always looking for BCBAs, but uh, you know, anyone who's listening out there, man, listen. I'm a college dropout originally. And if you wanna, if you need to get yours, get yours. I had to work two, three jobs, put myself through community college, and then, you know, college, college. It's worth it. Yeah. It's worth it. I work a 20-hour week right now, dog. You know what I mean? That pays my bills. Yeah. But I had to work an 80-hour week. <laughs> to get to get to, <laughs> to that get, you know to saying? get to that yeah yeah man you know but at the same time if i if i didn't do that i wouldn't be able to advocate like i can right now yeah i spent all day yesterday in albany i had to leave seven in the morning to drive to albany to go to this meeting um in the capitol building for five five six hours and drive back home and you know if i didn't have my if i didn't have my degrees i wouldn't have the flexibility i wouldn't be able to help more people correct i wouldn't be able to do more for people so anyone out there man you find a way night classes or not you find a way trust me you can it ain't easy you, you watch less TV, you'll you <laughs> hang out less with your friends, but yeah. fuck it, man, it's your life. Yeah, I'm on that ground right now I'm myself. Saying you gotta be, man. I'm on that ground right there be. myself. So, um, you know, what is the mayor saying about this lead? So, you know, anyone in government doesn't want people to panic. That's the issue. So they're always they're always making a point that the water's fine, the water's fine. You hear the people in the DOE say the water's fine, the water's fine. They're never going to say the water's not fine, though. You know what I mean? They're never going to say that, oh, we fucked up. That's not something they're able to say. Correct. Uh, that's not something the government's able to say about any aspect, oh, we fucked up, or oh, we're sorry. They don't apologize, yeah. right? You know, if, 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 if there's a scandal... You know, they get caught cheating on the wife, then they'll make that public apology, and the wife will stand there looking kind of serious and, like, <laughs> respectful. But, you know, there's some screaming and hair pulling going on later. Correct. But they just want people to think the water's fine and that they're doing everything that's in their capability. And that's that's the game they play, man. That's the game they play is, is using language to kind of push the timeline back on requirement for action on their part. Mm. You know, and they're very good at that. They're very good at the runaround. I've been busting my ass to meet with senators, congressmen, uh, not congressmen. I'm not going to front on that. Senators, assemblymen, um, I, I know I know, councilmen, 
and, and going to Albany also. And it required a lot of phone calls and making repeated phone calls and repeated phone calls because I knew they're going to play that we'll wait them out game. Yeah. They're very good at that yeah. because they know, oh, once this new cycle passes, they'll forget. It's two things that, that the government can almost always rely on in terms of people's forgetfulness, and that's, that's summertime or football season. <laughs> uh, and if, if that's not the issue and they really want to wait us out, then it's winter. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we had, we, had we had a lot of anger going on last summer, and we still should about a lot of things, and we're not going to get into it right now. Okay. But, you know, the government knows. Just wait for winter. Do you have any, actually, um, any allies in government that's supporting it's, this movement? I'm fortunate enough to, uh, to have gone to school with some really great people. So I have two councilmen right now who are supporting me, three councilmen, excuse me. I uh, definitely have to mention Maoli Hormeko, who put me on. Um, to the to the event that we met at, okay, um, and he supported me full like hundred percent. He's given me different events to speak at and such. Um, I have Councilman Anthony Esposito, who I went to high school with. I have Councilman Louis Ambrodo, who I actually rode the bus to school with when I was oh, wow. at, yeah in high school. Um, I went to my local my local district senator last Tuesday. His name is Senator John E. Brooks, and I explained the situation. I brought our brochure that my queen made with all the information of what we're trying to get changed. She looked at it. We talked for about like 10 minutes. He's like, bet, I'll, I'll write something up. I'll write up a Senate bill and put it on the board. It'll take about two weeks for people, for me to be able to introduce it and people to vote on it, but he's about it. Um, let's see, this past Tuesday, I met with the office of Senator Kemp Hannon, and he's on the, the chair of the health committee, right? And I met with him in particular because I wanted to get bipartisan support. I know that my, my district senator is Democratic, this guy campaigned. He's actually Republican, so okay. I want I want to make sure I'm getting both sides. Yeah, so it's, it's not a, it's, a, it's a nonpartisan issue. Yeah, exactly. You know? I don't want someone to politicize children's health and lead border. Like yeah. I'd rather I want. And I told him both. I told him, listen, I'm talking to this guy. I'm talking to this guy. I'm gonna meet with someone else too. I'm gonna meet with Senator Kevin, uh, Kevin S. Parker on May 11th, who's the Senate, who's the Democratic leader of uh, New York, and to gain more more support and build more support. It's a process, yeah. you know what I mean. But I do have that support. So those three councilmen. Um, as well as two senators right now, my support. And then I went to Albany yesterday to gain support from the actual lead uh, poisoning council of the state. And they were all pretty cool with what I had to say, too. I laid down and said, listen, you know, but it's funny, though, right? I'll tell you what, man. Because during the meeting, I was listening. It's <laughs> a long meeting. But I'm listening. And, you know, I hear a lot of, I literally heard someone say, well, we have to hold our breath or we got to wait on that. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about budget and, and data and graphs, but there's very little talk about children. Um, and, you know, the idea of, oh, we can't do that because of statutory laws and this, that, and the other thing. There's a lot more reasons they had to say we can't change things right now than that, that driving passion in anyone to say this is what we have to change right now. There was one doctor in particular, this one Dr. Maury Markowitz. He asked a lot of the best questions and said, why are, what are we waiting for? You know, he just said, why, what are we waiting for? But everyone had this. What was the answer? <sighs> The question was about, let's see, it was an incidence rate. The guy didn't really have a good answer. The guy actually got stumped. Um, but, you know, I think they were saying they have to wait for regulations and they have to wait for something. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I've already got this covered. Like, I already talked to one senator. And I'm just a citizen. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I'm just a regular dude. I'm a nobody. Man. Yeah. I just walked into my senator's office. I called, like, three or four times. I said, yeah, you can meet. Because no one calls the local senator. Yeah. No one calls. I mean, it's rare. Let's let's put it that way. It's yeah. rare that people will say, hey, I just want to talk to you. Like, all right, whatever. It's funny because uh, last week I just did that. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> I, <just did, laughs> I just did that last week with Jesse Hamilton. Nice, dude. Nice, yeah. dude. You guys have a good talk? Um, Actually, my assistant did it. We, we setting up a meeting so I could address some issues 
to him, cool. you know, because he supports things that he needs to be aware about Good. that he's supporting, you know. Yeah, man. But that's, you know, that's a whole nother issue. Let me ask you, um, Shoot. with the New York City public schools, mm. is it safe to say that all the schools have lead in them, in uh, the water? No. I can't say that because that wouldn't be fair. But I'll say this much, there's a lot that do. Okay. There's a lot that do. The, the largest concentration, unfortunately, of schools that have lead in the water are located in Brooklyn. Now, will we say, because you know Brooklyn, um, you have Bed-Stuy, mm -hmm. you have Bay Ridge, yeah. you got Brownsville. Yeah. From your experience, where you think the most concentration it's of gonna, lead it's schools? Gonna, it's going to be in the low-income areas that uh, have the highest concentration of public housing. So I feel like like Brownsville, for example. Brownsville, 100% of schools that I personally check. Correct. Uh, in Brownsville, have lead in the water. water. Uh, I think. No, I think. I want to say seventy percent of the schools I checked in Crown Heights have blood um, have lead in the water. Um, so you know, any area where you're going to have a lot of public housing, where you're going to have low income people, you're going to have less maintenance. Yeah. You know, you're going to have less. You're going to have less oversight. You're going to have less people like you and I advocating and making sure everything's on the up and up. Um, and you're going to have more willingness for the people who are on top to just kind of turn a blind eye or say whatever. You know, oh, yeah, we got high lead levels. Should we should send a letter home to the kids. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. They ain't going to do nothing, right? Yeah. So um, if, a, if a school does <clears throat> test positive for lead, right, what's the – because I think they do a parts per billion or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. They do it like some yeah, type yeah. of number like that. What's the number that be like, all right, this is bad, we can't – Fifteen. 15 is, it, you're right, it's parts per billion that they test oh, for. Parts per and, billion, okay. And the EPA safe limit, or not to say the, the level of concern, you could say, uh, is 15 parts per billion as set by the EPA currently. Uh, the average in Flint, Michigan was 27. So when they tested waters in, in Flint, Michigan, you had an average of 27. Um, the school that you and I met at, they had 15,000 parts wow. per billion. So, wow. You know what I mean? So literally 1,000 times higher than what the EPA says. And Have you... Have, did any kids get sick in the school that we met at? And that's the issue, man. I wish we could find more parents because I'm sure they have. But the problem with lead, again, is that this, the version of sick they're getting is dumb. You know what I mean? It affects your intelligence. So it's not that visible. Correct. You know? So it's, it's more asking your parents, have your kids become more aggressive? And that's, and that's a scary thing to me because, you know, I think the success of every society is seeing that the next generation is smarter, is, is more productive, and, has, and lives a longer life. Yeah. Than, than the parents before them. And we're not going to see that. We're the first generation in history of man to not see that. And that's nuts. And this is just adding to that situation. Yeah. So what's the what's the first sign? Because, you know, like there there's no visible sign, like you said, no rash, no teeth falling out, yeah. no, no <laughs> bald spots or whatever the case is. So a parent noticed their, let's see, uh, nine-year-old is being more aggressive. Yeah. But that may be the temperament. Might be the temperament. Um, inability to focus. If they find the nine-year-old also just seems to be having a lot more trouble focusing uh, on everyday tasks, um, that's going to lead to the frustration. And that's part of the problem. When, you lose, when you're losing your intelligence, you're going to get more and more frustrated. And as you get more and more frustrated, since you've lost intelligence, you're not going to problem solve any better. So you're just going to be angry almost all the time. Yeah. So if a parent asks himself, like, you know, wait a second, my kid has been getting kind of like just, just, just really aggressive lately or really angry lately, you know. Is it just puberty? Is it just... Correct. Get your kid tested, man. That's the bottom line. Take your kid to the pediatrician and tell them. And the pediatrician will push back is what drives me nuts. They'll probably say, oh, why? Da, 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 da. Just be like, listen, humor me. Test my kid's blood. Now, let me ask you a question because, um, you know, 
a lot of the schools have autistic schools. I mean, autist, autistic students, which already exhibit aggression, mm -hmm. you know, learning disabilities and things like that. So the safe thing to do would be to test all the kids if there's lead in the water in school, right? Okay. Now, let's say a child got lead, mm -hmm. lead poison, whatever yep. the case may be. How can the parent prove, besides the school testing positive for lead, because you know the city would probably be like, well, they probably got it from somewhere else. All right. You know what I'm saying? How can the city, what would be the liability for the city? That's an interesting question. To be honest, I don't know the answer to the liability of the city, but to answer the question of how can a parent prove it was a school, something the parents could do is test their own water. And in New York City, there's an initiative where every, every, every citizen, every resident in New York City in the five boroughs can get their water tested for free by just going to nyc.gov and looking for a free lead testing kit. They'll send it to you. I've oh, I could get one for myself. Yeah, yeah. you should. <laughs> you should. It's yeah. your water, right? Yeah. But everyone can. You know what I mean? You fill out where I live and this, that, and this information. You're going to spend two minutes on the website to fill it out. And okay. Th and then they'll, they'll ship something to you. And then you fill two bottles of water when you wake up. And then you mail it back. It, got this, it has the sticker. They make it as easy as possible, which is surprising considering it's coming from the government. You literally, you fill the bottles of water. You write the time that you filled it, the date. You, you put the sticker that they already have on it to mail it back, so you're not even like, you, you know, just boom, you're good to go. Um, but that's something a parent could do. And if it comes back and says, oh, you're clean, you have, no, you have no lead in your water, and you can prove there's no lead in your paint, and my kid, because every kid gets tested between at one and at two by law, they're supposed to at least. So you can always go, a parent can go back to the pediatrician record and say, my kid didn't have any lead in the system at two. I have no lead in the place we live, in my water on my walls, and we haven't moved anywhere in this time. But my kid now has a lead level of, 10, 11, 12, whatever it be. This is because of your water. And at that situation, once you have your, your once you got your paper trail, then you got a case. But you always got to get that paper trail right. Um, you know, your P's and Q's basically. And again, I tell parents, test everything you can, man. Get, test everything you can. As it is, pediatricians are failing by not giving you that certificate they're supposed to when they test kids. And that's a big issue because once the law changes, which it will, because of the senator I talked to, I mean, and the other senator I talked to, and the assemblyman I'm going to talk to, they're going to change the law down to five. And if these parents don't already know that their kid has a level six, seven, eight, or nine, which in New York State, a doctor would turn a blind eye to, they don't know to tell, to tell their doctor now, like, hey, how do we fix this? Wow. Get the paper trail. Without it, you're lost. So how much water does a child have to drink to, have, to get lead poison? Not much. Um, here's, here's how I'll break it down to you. A microgram is, is the size of a grain of sand. Okay. All right? So when a child has five micrograms, Excuse me. When a child has five micrograms per deciliter in their blood, that's considered lead poisoning. So five grains of sand. Wow. Right? Wow, that's big. The thing is, the problem with waters, the problem with water is that it dissolves, you know, it, it dissolves so the kids are able to get a, a bigger dose. And some of it's going to leave the system. Some of it's going to leave the system naturally. But the problem with lead is that it just it likes to stick around. It likes to stick around. It'll float in your blood for 45 days, and then it goes into your bones. And it just hangs out there for decades. Wow usually comes back in your 20s, which is the worst time for it to come back because especially for women, that means their blood is richer in lead when they're pregnant with their kids and having a family. Wow. And that gets passed right into the fetus. So you have any, these kids that are going to be born either now or in the next generation that are just going to be handed this gift. Yeah. And think about that. That's going to stay in that kid's system too and they're going to grow up and do the same thing. Wow. Yeah, man. That's why it's a scary thing. It's invisible. People think, oh, it's gone. It's not gone. These people are in hiding. Yeah. They're in hiding. They can't show because it's so stigmatizing. If you see a kid with lead poison, man, they'll break your heart. Wow. Well, we're going to introduce our second host. 
<laughs> How's everybody doing this evening? I'm here. Traffic was traffic was murder on the southbound uh, FDR Drive, but I'm here, so I'm I'm here to you know to, this is an interesting conversation with you. What's going on, partner? It's a, it's a pleasure to meet you. Was you listening coming here? I was looking at it, but that's why that's why I texted you because I couldn't get the audio oh, okay. on my phone. But All I was right. looking at it. Yes. So uh, I'm Jamel Wilson, the co-host. Chris Lake, pleasure. Okay, pleasure to meet you too. See, Jamel has kids. All right. So this yes. show. Get him tested. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. I'm going to get him tested. So this, this show, I mean, I, I'm acting like I ain't got a child. Exactly. But, my, my, <laughs> but my, son, my son is far removed from school right now. So, But, you know, yours is more closer to school. Well, yours is in school, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I have two of them in school. And then, you know, my baby's not in school yet. But if, if Mayor de Blasio, um, you know, what they're trying to do, if they're trying to start pre-K at three years old, but it's just starting it out. It's a pilot program, I believe, in yeah. um, the South Bronx oh, cool. and uh, and Brooklyn. Uh-huh, so uh-huh. basically, that's what they go start. So if if it, if it works, then it'll spread throughout the five boroughs. Oh, that's cool, man. Mm-hmm. Is that gonna be free? Yeah, it'll be free. Wow, it'll be free wow. in, in the public schools. Yeah, you know, you know they're talking about how much it will cost, but I was, about to, I was about to say, where's that money coming from? They had that money the whole time. I mean, but they doing a lot of weird things. They they want to give people free school now. It's a whole bunch of weird things yeah. going on with the government, yeah. though. But now, l- listen to what he said. He said uh, they starting at three years old. Right. Now, the signs, the lead poison signs of symptoms at three years old, how can you pick that up in a three-year-old? They won't be talking. Or what will happen is they'll stop talking. So, they, unfortunately, they'll develop the way every typical child develops, you know, crawling, drooling, saying parts of words, mama, dada, what have you, and they start saying pancake, cookie, toy, ball, doggy, and then one day they just kind of stop. You know, if they have too much in the system, they might have a seizure. Um, if they have way too much, they'll go into coma. But, you know, if they, have like, if they have like a fever and a seizure, shortly after that, they just stop talking altogether, and they start doing weird things. And, and by weird things, I mean their behavior becomes repetitive yeah. uh, and pointless. So like they'll flap their hands and they'll just stare at their fingers while they're doing that and they're able to do that as long as they can. Like it won't, they won't get tired of it. It's bizarre. They have what we call ritualized behavior, um, where something that would seem like like let's say if they have a toy car or something, as opposed to playing with a toy car and making go vroom vroom and being all imaginative with it, they'll just pick it up and they'll spin the wheel. They'll just flick the wheel with the finger and they'll literally stare at the wheel and. If you left them to their own devices for five hours, they would do that for five hours. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They don't, they don't get bored of it. And it's bizarre. You're like, what are you, you're not gaining your skills doing this. And that's what's scary about it because I feel like even autism is, is if it were named differently, people would be so much more concerned. Because same thing with autism, same thing with lead, lead poisoning. When these kids get it, they lose survival instincts. They can't survive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like most kids, if you took even a six-year-old or a seven-year-old and it was a, you know, you crash on desert island, they would figure things out in time to survive, but that's not the case with someone with poison. That's not the case with someone with autism. They would, they'd perish, unfortunately, um, because they don't pick up skills. You know, we learn everything we learn from imitating people. When we're kids, we see our parents dancing. We think that's funny. We start dancing. You know, when we're kids, we see our parents talk, hear parents speak a certain language. You try to imitate that language. Yeah. Kids with lead poison, they don't do that. It's just, it's just that connection's lost. The ability to talk is often touched, and, and it's either difficult. Or just not possible for kids with lead poison to talk anymore, uh, from what I've seen in classrooms, especially with three and four year olds. So it's it's really damaging for them. And since they're so young, they they absorb lead faster. 
um, than adults because we get we get affected the same exact way as kids do by lead poisoning. Yeah. We'll get less intelligent and we'll get angry. I was just about to ask you, <laughs> I was just about to ask you the effect. Yeah. Is, is the effects different from kids than it is adults? It's just about the same. Just about the same. So if you find yourself losing your keys and getting really hot about it, get yourself tested. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how many how many schools is it in New York City? Oh man, that's a good question. You know, I have to get back to you on that. Yeah, yeah, well, let me ask you this. How many, how many faucets have been found positive? I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way. Across the state, they found 33,000. Wow. That's across New York State. That's, yeah. too, that's too many. Yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't even include New York City, to be fair. That's specifically New York State. So outside of the greater five boroughs, um, that is too many. That's, that's way too many. Uh, again, the issue is that we're an old city. And the also, other issue is that we haven't had our, our systems tested in 10 years. This is the first time that we had the systems tested because because of Flint. You know, that was a canary in the coal mine. You know, Governor Cuomo was like, wait a second, like, we should check our waters because we have, when's the last time we checked our waters? 10 years ago? Yeah, check the waters. So now the waters is checked. What's, what's Cuomo next move? So you know what? I would say what it should be. Yeah, tell I, what, what, what it what should, it should be. be. And going, going back to what I said earlier about how I mentioned public schools, Yeah, we need to test everywhere else. You know what I mean? We just, well, all we did was test public schools. And this is what we found. We found thirty-three thousand. We found over thirty-three thousand when we just tested public schools. But that doesn't. We did not test daycare centers mm. at all. Mm. We did not test private schools at all. We mm. didn't test colleges at all. I, when I went to Albany yesterday and went to the advisory council meeting, one doctor said, and he was very, very uh, wise to not mention the college because he knew it was webcast, so he didn't want to, um, you know, give the college a bad name. But he said we tested one college in particular, and we found very high levels. And he made the point that, like, this is just one. Shouldn't we test all the other colleges? Because a kid's going to get a drink here and there when at school. But when you're living on campus at college, you know, the water fountains, that's, you're going to fill your water bottle with that. I did. You know, you don't think about it. You're like, I'm thirsty. You come home from a night after drinking, I'm thirsty. You know, you might have a Brita at best. You might. But it's not a guarantee. But Brita don't get rid of lead, though. I mean, not all of it. No, nah, I think it gets rid of, like, 14%. That's it. At best, yeah. What yeah. about like ultraviolet? Because I know in transit, they have at all the lo- a lot of locations now. They have these ultraviolet uh, water coolers now. You, you or know, in buses? In buses, yeah. yeah we, ain't got, we don't got that in subways. Oh, okay. I was about to say, that sounds fancy. Yeah, fancy. Yeah, they got it in buses where it's a water cooler, but it's ultraviolet. is a filter. It's, well, it's simply tapped into the water line, you know, with, next to a, you know, the, um, a bathroom or, a, or or a kitchen or somewhere. What you talking about? The 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 it don't come with the water cooler, not no, the actual water, but it got the like that blue black right? thing. It's got the black thing, yeah. It's oh. got the it's a it's it's tall like a water cooler. Yeah, same, yeah. The same height. Yeah, we we got that, but the water tastes funny and coming out of there for some reason. That's oh yeah, good. yeah. I don't like the way the water tastes. And I know when you and I know when you hit the uh, it's a button for hot water. That water is scalding hot too, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we got we got. So it's a filter in there. It's a filter in there. It's, a ultra, it's an ultraviolet filter. Yeah, I think those filter systems are good. When they're attached to the actual line, like you look down the plumbing and it's like going. I think yeah. those. I think those are good. Those, those are good. right? I think so. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm still test the water. <laughs> Otherwise, I think if someone wanted to buy like if someone buy like a pitcher, I know Pure Test, Pure Test in particular, that one actually gets rid of lead. That one's good. That's like the only one that I know that actually gets rid of lead. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, again, I gotta stress: you gotta get everyone's gotta get tested. What Cuomo should do, what Cuomo should do, even before like yo, just get public housing tested, man, because that's actually under jurisdiction of New York City, New York State. Get every public housing building tested. Forty-three percent of public housing was built before 1950. Yeah, 50. Mm-hmm. That shit's old as fuck, man. They have lead in the water. 
They got to test that. And then at least 70%, I know in Brownsville, y'all broke my heart when I was doing research on Brownsville, I think. No, I know. 79% of the buildings in Brownsville were built before 1978. Oh, yeah, definitely. Before, yeah. The project's the only thing standing back then. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot. I saw saw, saw a documentary. I was looking at a documentary on YouTube. Just like like the South Bronx, Brownsville was all burnt out. Yeah. Well, you... And, yeah. even, and even as a kid, I remember riding a three train. You know, we used to get off at the next stop and all of that just being abandoned, what it is now. Because that's where I'm from. That, you know, that's where I come from. But they built, they, they've built it up since then, of yeah. course, a lot of the homes and whatnot. But, yeah, the projects are the only thing standing back in 1978. You, you know, the reality also, they, they probably want to, but they are bankrupt themselves. Because what do you do? There's only but so much time, so much bottled water you could buy for people. You know, you gotta eventually change these pipes. That's the thing, and you're right about that. It costs. It would cost too much because you'd have to like, it's, it's the bullet on a, uh, it's the bullet on a. Uh, sorry, it's a bandaid and a bullet wound. Um, and tell you the government has so many things, right? Like, let's just let's do a little patchwork, and at least we can say we did something. Correct. Um, and that's often their their mentality because again, it buys them time. Well, we did something. We tried. They fucked up. For example, the fireball presidents heard about how much lead was in the water, right? And they said, okay, let's turn to the, the, the Chancellor of Department of Education, Carmen Farina. Let's tell her that we want all the kids to get free bottled water and all the kids to get free blood testing. I remember the second I saw the article, I was like, how are you gonna ask her for that? You know, you know we don't have money for that. But it's smart because it passes the buck. We tried. We said this is what she should do. It, it takes it off of them, it puts it on her, and now when people ask, well, what did you do? We told her to do this. She didn't do it. Look at her. And that's what they just keep doing, Correct. round robin. I stopped watching the news when Lent start, right? <laughs> that, was your, yeah, that, was, that was That was part of it because it, <laughs> it was driving my woman crazy. She's like. <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, first of all, not only did it increase the level of just calm and peace in my, in my life to a level, I also realized nothing changed in my life. You know what I mean? I stopped watching news, stopped worrying so much about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. My life's fine, right? I still got pay bills. There's still traffic. <laughs> I still buy food. You know what I mean? Like everything that, that happened in my life before our new president got elected is pretty much the same in my life. I realize DC is a stage, man. It's all a pageant. It's a distraction. Correct. You know, we focus on that, but we can't touch. I can't touch Syria. I can't touch Russia. I don't give a fuck about North Korea. I don't know why anyone does. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, I know that I can touch New York. Yeah. I live here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone I care about. Almost everyone I care about lives here. I got people scattered all over the world, but almost everyone I care about lives here. So I, I was like, let me just focus on people here. You know, my girl and I would do food rescue, so I know I'm taking care of people who are hungry here. Correct. You know what I mean? If I do a clothing drive, I know I'm taking people, taking care of people, moms and kids who don't have clothes or don't have have baby baby uh, supplies here. If I do a, if I do a support the the veterans Memorial Day drive and I collect things for VA hospitals, I know people here are being taken care of. Right. And you know, part of the goal of my charity of community for a cause is to inspire other people to do that. You know, I want people to buy my style. I don't care. You know what I mean? I want people to say, hey, how can, what can I do for my people? Because at the end of the day, you keep looking at mommy and daddy government and waiting for them to do something for you, you're going to be disappointed. Correct. <laughs> I'm sorry right. to say it, man. I haven't seen them do much, but complain. We never hear the news what's being done. Yeah. You know, I guess the, the, the biggest thing I heard being done is the bridge is, the bridge is made. Kosciuszko Bridge? Kosciuszko Bridge, yeah. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? It's the first bridge that's been built in 50 years, but that's literally the first thing I've heard government doing. Like building, they're really good at taking pictures with the sleeves rolled up. They're really bad at getting dirt under the nail. Well, do 96th Street count? <laughs> Subway. <laughs> that's government. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's MTA. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But um, yeah, that's that's uh. But that, but that doesn't that doesn't feed people. Yeah, you're right. You know? Now let me ask you this because I mean, let's be fair. Um, we did a press conference last week. Yeah. Same press conference I met you at. Yeah. Parents were aware of the issue before we even came there. Mm -hmm. Why aren't parents worried? Or it seems like they don't care. They don't know what it is. They don't know what lead poisoning means. Yeah, it's invisible. So for them, they, they hear they hear lead. Most people, the memory of the disease is forgotten. So they hear, oh, my kid might have lead poisoning, but they look at their kid and they say, my kid's fine. But his grades aren't doing too hot this year. And that's it. And then you want to know another thing. You know, a lot of parents of our kids, I know the three of us, you grew up here in New York, right? Yeah. So listen, we drank the... Back in the day, the hydrant used to be open all the time. People right. washed their cars. <laughs> Definitely drank, drunk the hydrant. Exactly. We drank that water all the time, and I know I did. So that's what I mean. With, so they figure, oh, New York water's okay. Yeah. And there's even been the studies that show that um, we have some of the best water in the country. Well, he, he touched on that. He said that in California, they ship vodka. They use um, you know water to make pizza. That's what you said. Yeah, they, yeah. Like, they take the water from New York and ship it to California so they can yeah. make their pizza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they're from New York and they know the water, they know what tastes the best in New York. And oh, always, yeah. okay, wow. Pizzas and bagels, man. <laughs> crazy, right? Pizza That's and crazy. bagels. But, but just, bagels, okay. But just to jump on that, the water in New York is the best water in the country, right? But, yeah. but the issue is that the water is kept in these water systems and reservoirs and where they're kept is fine. But when they move, when they travel, when they travel and they go to the actual individual site, that individual fountain, that fountain's pipes are dirty. Those fountains pipes are old, and that's where these kids get this lead from. You know, the reason our parents aren't concerned, one of one, first and foremost is probably because they, they're really fucking busy. You know, people working. They don't got time to do research and say, okay, what is, what's the symptomology of lead poisoning? And let me, let me do a checklist and see my kids. No, they, they're working one, two jobs. They got to take care of the kids. They got to put food on the table. Their first, their first priority is like, I got to keep taking care of my kid. I can't be on the side doing, you know, medical detective work to find out what my kid has or doesn't have. The other problem is that the insidious nature of lead is that it's just going to slowly make your kids less intelligent. So if you find your kid was an A student two years ago and now they're a B student this year and the next year they're a C student, don't just assume that's just the way it is or they're just not focusing. You know, like be proactive, get them tested because if that's the case, there is some treatment that can happen depending on the levels that can help. That aside, diet helps too. If you get a diet high in calcium, high in iron, things like spinach, vitamin C, that helps remediate some of the situation, which well, whether the kid has lead poisoning or not, you really should do anyway. Let no. me ask you a question. With, with lead poisoning, do it um, <clears throat> contribute to ADHD? Yes. Actually, it's a major cause. It's actually a, it's a cause of ADHD. It causes 30% of ADHD. Because I, I'm, I'm a psychology student, right? Nice. What I don't understand is why ADHD isn't considered a disability. It is. It's just not. It's not. With the with the DSM five, it's not within. It's not you know the the, the psychological manual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of our um, youth, uh, even adults, mm -hmm. but our um, anti antisocial, you know, people think antisocial means staying away, but actually antisocial means you know not conforming to with society, the norms of of society in psychology terms. But um, the government don't want to look at that as being a disability where they could get a check because we would get money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We would get money face HD. And people would play the game to get money. No, it's, it's not a, a lot of us. True, a, a lot of that's us. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of us have it. Yeah. For various reasons without, you know, it, but 
<laughs> but you know, it's 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 a it's like you said, lead could contribute to it that. It does contribute. It actually contributes. It's 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 been shown in studies that lead causes thirty percent of ADHD. Wow. Um, and again, that's when you ask, what's the symptomology? What what should a parent look out for? You know, first and foremost, if you find your child is having trouble focusing, or their concentration just seems to be really scattered. Consider that like a warning sign. I mean, I may have to go get tested for lead myself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all should. We all, we I, all I, I drank too much um, um, hydrogen water. <laughs> yeah, I, I, so I, I drank a lot of hydrogen I drank too much hydrogen water. <laughs> and I drink faucet water in the house now, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so like this. I don't drink, see, my, I, I try not to drink faucet water. Yeah, no, I try to filter water, powder water only. I used to drink faucet water. It's funny, I was living, uh, I went through a rough patch uh, a couple of years ago, before, right before I built my charity, right? Um, actually, it was as I was building my charity, to be real. But I, I had uh, I had to leave my home in Queens, and my boys were cool enough to say, "Yo, you can live with us in the basement for a bit. You know, we have room." So I was living in the basement, and I remember I poured myself a glass of water before bed, like I always do. When I just I left it out on the table, and when I woke up, I saw like it was still cloudy, and I was like, "That was the last time." I was like, "Yo, is that a visible sign of something is wrong this, with the I water?" Mean, for me, yeah. I was <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know water shouldn't be cloudy, but again, we you know we accept this. We have, we don't have time to think about these things. I guess you could say the problem with modernity is that we're always grinding our gears to get to that next. There's always that next. There's always that next. And we can't just pause and say, this is good. I like where I am. You know, like legit, like right now where I am, I like where I am with you guys. This yeah. is cool. But we, but, but that, there's always that push. So we can't stop and analyze things and say, wait a second, the water's cloudy. Now, like, who cares? I got to get to work. You know, yeah. I'm running late. You know, my kids' concentration is kind of slow. Uh, they'll be fine. Let me ask you, do lead, for lead in the water, do it have to be ingested? Like, what if you bathe in it? All right, so ingestion is probably the primary way that you get in your system. Okay. However, you can also inhale it when you're taking a shower from the steam. Wow. Yeah. So could, 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 because, you know, you hear this rumor that, you know, if you boil you the water, it knocks out a lot of the stuff. Not lead. It actually concentrates lead. Um, wow. This is kind of why it's such an issue because it, it's, it sticks around. It's not, it's not easy to get rid of um, either from your environment or in your body. Um, you know, they used to say that was a downfall of the Roman Empire because they had lead pipes and they knew it. And people slowly got... Is lead a metal? Yes. It's a metal. It's All a right. Metal. So just like arsenic, um, copper, they, wa- they warned for copper levels as well. Um, and, you know, the problem was we didn't treat it the way we should have before we realized how dangerous it was. So it was too prevalent in everything in, like, the 40s and 50s. A lot of, a lot of pesticides used lead. A lot of pesticides used mercury. They used arsenic. They used DDT, too. Um, all across the state. So those things are still in our soil because they don't go away. Mm. You know what I mean? If you drop an iron bar, if you dropped an iron bar in your backyard 50 years ago, it's still, still be there. It's still there. Yeah. That's the way lead works. It's metal. Yeah. So is there a cure for lead poisoning? Is there? There's ways to get some out of your system, but you know, since it's a metal and not like a bacteria or a virus, it's not like you can take a pill and then poof, it's gone. Um, but there's certain things that bind to it. So like if you eat garlic, when you eat garlic, when you eat cilantro in particular, cilantro, um, what it does once digested, it goes into your bloodstream and it actually binds with toxic heavy metals, so lead and other metals, and it gets and it just expedites it out your system. Um, so garlic, cilantro, strawberries, uh, some peanut butter, but don't people who hear that at night don't say, oh, peanut butter, I'm gonna eat a ton of peanut Don't just eat peanut butter. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, if you're gonna eat anything, stick with garlic and cilantro because um, they will rem- get rid of some stuff. There's uh, something called EDTA. Uh, it's, it's actually something that actually uh, binds with metal. You can get it 
you can get a lot of holistic shops, surprisingly, but you can get a vitamin shop. You can get it at CD, uh, CVS as well, Walgreens, and that will also help remove um, lead from your system. But it also does help, also does remove some other things. So you would want to talk to your doctor about taking that one particularly. And if a person had a very high level of lead in the system, they get what's called chelation therapy, where they literally would have uh, they'd have their blood drained, processed, and put back into the body. And it's actually a very wow. That's not like dialysis. It's a painful process. Wow. Yeah. So, so now, is it the same, like, with lead? Okay, like, I don't know if you ever, have you ever shot a gun? Yeah. Okay. So, after you after you do that, you, you, you have the residue on your hands. Yeah. Is that the same thing? You know, it's funny you say that, too, because uh, shooting ranges are a problem for lead poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, because yeah. you're inhaling a lot of lead dust. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I love shooting guns, just for the record, man. Well, you oh, want to yeah, know. Oh, get, get, at, get at me. Get at, oh, get <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but you, you want to know what's funny? There's a rumor. And I haven't seen anything. I haven't really um, tried to really get any information. But they say that once we work for transit, mainly the subways, for four years, three to four years, we can't donate blood because wow. of the steel dust that we inhale during that time. You know about that, cuz? You know about that? Somebody else had mentioned that. I, but I forgot how many years it is that you have to, that they. I think, we, I think we mentioned that to me before. Yeah, something about the stale dust yeah. and we can't donate blood because of the the concentration of stale dust in our blood. I, I need to get tested for yeah, that. Yeah, you need to get tested for that ASAP, dog. That's yeah. terrifying news. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, the stick the, and the brakes are made out of asbestos. So if you're doing like platform duty on a, in, a, in a platform, let's say like High Street on the A train, when you leave at the end of the day, you check your nose. It looked like your nose slid down the chimney. <laughs> like oh. you was inhaling smoke all day. Oh, man. You know, you can imagine how much of that stuff get into your lungs and then into your bloodstream. But, you know, that's interesting. I need I need to see that. Yeah, it yeah. is interesting because, I mean, you would think, I mean, if it's like that, then New York, all of New York, millions of people. Yeah, but the workers who constantly, you do 20 years down here, we right, have more exposure than, than more anybody. Exposure. Yeah. You also want to think about the workers. They're gonna, if, that's, if there's still dust that's flying around, that's on your clothes. If that's on your clothes when you come home, yeah, correct. you bring it out in your home, your kids are going to breathe that in too. It's, yeah. it's those subtle things. Because yeah, yeah. there's certain professions where you know, lead poison is found higher in kids because, because of the dust. You know, shooting range is one. Which, you know, when you think about it, the last place you'd want people to get dumber and angrier is at a shooting range, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But outside of that, also mechanic shops, that's also, that's also a hot spot for, uh, for lead poisoning mm-hmm. as well. And I didn't even know about a transit, man. That's something that, that yeah, really, still, that really still does. Yeah, that's nuts. Dude. So let me ask you, because you said that this, the, the lead attaches itself to the bones, right? Yeah. Um, what about osteoporosis? What's the, is there a correlation between the two? No. Uh, if any, if anything, it would actually almost act to strengthen your bones in a weird way. Oh, really? Because your body thinks it's calcium. Mm. Um, but no, it, you'd be at no threat for osteoporosis. Uh, you'd be at a threat for osteoporosis if you drink too much soda because yeah. of, of phosphoric acid. But uh, lead, no, you're good. So besides, <laughs> besides and, I, and I don't want to make it sound crazy, but besides somebody making themselves dumber, <laughs> right? Yeah. What's the benefits of lead? Because no. you said to make your bones, you said to make your bones stronger. Though. If you want to look at it that way, like you want to be a UFC Superman or like <laughs> some, sort of, some sort of Wolverine character or something, then that's that's it. You'd be you'd be a really dumb, angry Wolverine. But um, yeah, there's no there's no benefit whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's it's what's called uh, there's no bio uh, bioactivity for the human body, so there's literally nothing your body can do with it. Mm. There's other metals your body can do something with. Your body can do stuff with silver. It can do stuff with magnesium. It can do stuff with iron. 
but lead is just poison. It's wow. like arsenic. It's just poison. It just yeah. sits. Have you personally uh, had any backlash from doing what you do, doing the work that you're doing with this lead? No, thankfully. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be foolish for anybody to. That's, I mean, that's the way I look at it too. And like I told you before, before we started, man, I don't come at people hot with this. You know, I'm not looking to point fingers of blame. I want our people protected, especially our people, because this does affect the black community more than any other community. Correct. It affects the Latino community as well. You know, when I come out and tell people, you know, across Long Island or, or Upper East Side or, or, or Manhattan that I'm advocating for lead poisoning, I don't make it a black issue because I know there are people who stick their fingers in the ear and say that that doesn't concern me. I don't care. There's a lot of people who just don't care. You know, I've grown up with enough people to know. When you start bringing up black issues, they figure, well, I don't have to invest in that emotionally in any way, shape, or form. Lead poisoning affects all of us. Correct. But it affects us the most. So that's something I want to make sure that our community knows and our community is doing what we can do to protect our kids, first and foremost, and protect ourselves, man. You know, and I'll say a thousand times, test your kids, test your kids, test your kids, and get the results from your doctors because they're supposed to by law. Um, and if they, if they don't believe you, tell them I said Section 1370-C says they should. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your um, petition. Sure, man. That you got going on. What? what? What's the um, feedback on that? Like, what's your goal with your petition? How many signatures you trying to get? You know, my goal is to just get public awareness, basically, you know, and to ha have Governor Cuomo realize that the public cares. So the more people, the better, obviously. Um, you know, and I also want people to be aware of these specific issues. You know, it's always good to educate yourself on exactly what affects you mm -hmm. and, and how, to, how to create change. You know, and I want people to know the science behind it. I want people to know the laws behind it. Because a lot of times we, we get behind an issue and I think we get too emotional. Um, and, and I think by definition, if you're emotional, you're not being logical. It's very difficult to be both at the same time. Right? Correct. So I want people to be, I want people to be logical again. I want people to think like, how can we make change? And, and you know, you know, you gotta study the laws. And yeah, it's boring. You know, I do a lot of homework and my girl looks at me like, are you serious? You still looking up things about lead? And yes, <laughs> yeah. I, I am, but I have to, because again, this affects us the most. And someone's gotta do it, right? That's mm -hmm. the way I look at it. Um, but it also the goals for, for Governor Cuomo, as well as the commissioner of the Department of Health for New York City and New York State, to see just how much the public cares. So the more people can sign up, and it takes literally a minute to sign up, um, the more pressure that puts on them to know that there is a public concern to update these laws. Um, and that serves simply to help Governor Cuomo make the decision when the Senate legislation bill comes to his desk to say, yeah, I'm going to sign that because I know people care. And, and that bill is coming to his desk in due time. Yeah. So, what's the what's how many signatures you have right now? Right now what, what's your target? My target's anywhere between five hundred and thousand. Ideally, we got at least a thousand people to sign. You know, I don't need I don't need a million signatures. You got know. a thousand? How many you have right now? Right now, we have a little over hundred. I think we have like one hundred nineteen, hundred twenty. All right, we'll put that in the um, we'll put that in our group. In the group, okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah we'll put it in the group. Yeah, blow it up by all means. I appreciate yeah, we'll that. put it in because I would I would we put out petitions. We get like a few hundred, mm -hmm. and we don't really be trying. And yeah. we did it when the group was smaller. So, you know, this is this impacts you know all races and you know everybody have you ever um like going pick a random school and go in front of the school and hand out flyers and to educate no not yet um if, if there were a school that i would there's one in staten island that as bad as that school ps 289 was yeah. <clears throat> this one in staten island is actually twice as worse because we could we we you know us at progressive action we probably could plan something you know where we could go in front of a school with you and um, you know, just hand out things to the parents when they come in to pick up their kids. Okay. Now, as as regular, like, um, can I just walk into a school and ask them what's the lead situation? I don't think they'd be receptive. 
I think they would, uh, you know, they probably ask you for ID. They'd ask you a kid here, um, and that's for security purposes alone. Yeah, they don't want just random people. But um, I think you'd have to you'd have to find the parents. You know, the best bet to do to go that, about that strategy would go at two thirty, between two thirty two fifteen and three p.m. and and you know have some brochures, have some information, identify yourself to parents, say, hey, listen, we're trying to make sure parents are aware and inform them of what's really good and let them know what the rights are, what they can do, what has happened. Because a lot of these parents, again, especially if they're coming from low-income neighborhoods and they're busy working all the time and and, and life's tough, like it is all around, they don't have time to do do the homework, man. Mm -hmm. And most people don't even know where to start looking. Mm -hmm. Um, So if we can just give them that, that little cheat sheet, here's what you should look out for, here's what you should know, here's who to call. All the better. I think I think you know it's the end of the school year now, so everything is on the, the, the window. But I don't believe anything is going to change between now and September. I agree. So you know maybe we could put together a nice plan where we could hit schools, and you know a few schools in each borough over a certain amount of time. I'm about it. You about it, man. You know what I mean? I'm definitely about it. <laughs> I'm cool. def because this is this is very important, it man. Is. It, it is. is. Yeah. And and like Tony has said something. During, during the same interview last week, he said, what would the mayor do if his kids went to any of these schools? Which is a legit question. It is. What would he do? He'd probably shut the school down or whatever the case is. Or, you know, maybe we could put, we could get, you know, um, want somebody to, to, to sponsor a bill that says, you know, definitely if the kitchen and the school, school shut down, everything comes from the kitchen, you yeah. know. You gotta keep the kids safe, man. Yeah. You gotta keep safe. Breakfast, lunch. I mean, even though a lot of that stuff is a lot of that food that the kids eat comes from the can. No, no, but fresh. you gotta understand. They wash the fruits wash, with this water. Yeah. They wash the utensils they with this water. Yeah. water yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's things like that's that's what I was saying. That don't think it's just for drinking now. They clean stuff with these mm-hmm. and then you you're dealing with kids who constantly putting their hands in their mouth. Mm-hmm. They yeah. wash their hands. Yep. Constantly putting their hands in their mouth and and things like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So, which schools, um, big deal, I wasn't at the press conference, and then I got here late, of course. So, which schools are affected in Brooklyn and, uh, well, and throughout the city with lead? I mean, <clears throat> it, w- it would look like there's uh, more than less, to be honest with you. More schools than, than less. And I, I don't have any brochures on me right now, but I'll bring them back in the studio to show you. Um, there's a map you can find online, online of all the affected areas that have been contaminated. And I'll even show you the degree to which they've been contaminated based on the color. Wow. Yeah, but in particular, like Brownsville. I could you send us the PDF? Absolutely. Because we could put that on absolutely. our website also. Yeah, absolutely. Brownsville in particular, pretty much every school there. At the schools, And when I say pretty much, I mean the only schools that I can say have not tested positive are the ones that did not yet post any results or haven't yet done testing. And not all schools have done testing. I think uh, 86% of schools in New York City have done testing. So we're still waiting on a bunch of schools. So this story's not done, you know? Mm-hmm. What's the time limit the governor gave them? They have to do it by the middle of the year. So they have about a month or so. They have about a month and a half. And I just found this out yesterday by going to Albany. And if they don't do it, what's the? What's the punishment? Yeah. You know, they're probably going to give them a run around or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> the governor actually uh, mandated that they get the schools tested for that. Really? Shout out, for, shout out to Cuomo. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, did, <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did something decent. <laughs> And this is where I feel like the government's missing an opportunity because, you know, they can make money off of this and not off the, not off, not off the schools. You know what I mean? 
Because the government, the government always needs money. They don't have enough money to do all the things that they got to do. That's why we always have potholes, mm-hmm. you know. But if they found more creative, out of the box thinking ways to, you know, find not the common man and woman, but different organizations, different different places that are dropping the ball. You know, when I told you doctors aren't giving giving people a certificate after they test their kids, if the doctor's not going to want to be fined, then whoever taught the doctor, you know, it's called the the, the residence hospital, mm-hmm. should be fined. Residence hospitals, they have the money. They have the money to be fine. You can say, okay, you gotta give us $500, you gotta give us $1,000 for every student who isn't giving these parents the information that you should have taught them to, to get. You know, to get. Um, and then they have that much money, to, then they can take care of the pipes. Then they can take, take care of the paint. Then they can do more things for us. Then they can give us, the kids, the, the proper medical care they need out of pocket. But when they're not doing anything extra to make more money, they're not gonna try to take care of any new existing problems. Mm. They, don't, they don't have it. They don't have, they don't have the, the humility to stand up in front of Mike and say, listen, we can't help you. Listen, we don't got it. I wish we could because they always want to get reelected. So, yeah. and, and you know what? This seems to be the ongoing problem, not only in government, but in unions. The, the re-election. The re-election. They do anything yep. to stay reelected. Yep. And we ain't going to say anything as far as positivity, but, you know, Underhand stuff, yeah. you know, being by deceptive. Any, by any means necessary, yeah, they want to stay elected. Yeah, basically, but but yeah. but yeah. Not, but there's a, there's a thing like I, I I function by any means, but for positivity. Mm. Some people focus by any means for negative or not to be forthcoming the information, or do what they elected to do. You know what I mean? So it ain't by any means. They, a lot of these government people and union people are very deceptive. Yeah, mm-hmm. very. Yeah. You know, and, and and it's sad. Like even when you try to do a good thing, like you know, I'm I'm doing a good thing today for the assault march. What I did was met by hostility, heckling, for something that affects everybody in a positive way. You know what I'm saying? And it's real funny how things work in government and, and union. Yeah, you know that's saying that's why you know when my girl asked me, "Am I gonna be in government?" I tell you, baby, no, <laughs> never, never. Now let me ask you: Is there any other issues in water besides lead that could be dangerous? Because I know that you're gonna make me scare people out here. Nah, I mean, what about fluoride? Yeah, I'm, I'm about to say that. You know what? <clears throat> and you got to be very careful when you talk about fluoride, because as a friend of mine once said, that's been the linchpin in every conspiracy theory. But there's credence to that at the same time. However, be careful. Um, what fluoride does, though, it actually does expedite the absorption of lead in your blood. So there is a problem with that. But they're never getting rid of fluoride. Never. They're never gonna get rid. But of you know, fluoride. We don't even need it though. We don't. We don't fucking need fluoride in our yeah, but fluoride, from what I understand, it keeps the people, it calms you down, they say. I've heard that, but I can't confirm that. And that's, that, that's where it comes to that, that, that conspiracy theory stuff, man. Because once, once you even touch, you can't touch any old, any old theories because then you're discredited. People can't hear you. you know? Or the people, the people who, who push the pens and the policymakers, they just tune out. They're like, oh, he's crazy. Just, just wait for him. Or else character assassinated with that one, that one sound bite. Uh, it might. I don't know. I, the only thing I can tell you with, definitive, uh, with a definitive nature about fluoride is it does expedite the increase of lead absorption. You know? Into the body. Yeah. Yeah. So it has, like, it has that terrible, that, that dual factor, that synergistic factor. Um, if it does make people more docile, man, that's not the only thing. You know, we got Instagram, Facebook. <laughs> you know what I mean? We, 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 Love and hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> Computer porn. We got we got things for days to keep us down. 
You know, we got fantasy sports. There's all sorts of things that we're doing for ourselves to keep ourselves docile. Good weed, whatever it might be, man. Oh, no, don't talk about the weed. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> but or, or things in a bottle, man. Either way, whether, yeah. whether it's a liquor bottle or a prescription bottle, we all choose to skip reality every day yeah. in one way or another. You know, and that's not so that's not just the government that's trying to make us docile. That's our own choosing. And that might be because we don't like where we are because of our own life choices. But that might also be because we don't feel we have the choice to make our life any better. Correct. And I don't know what that is. We can get to that another time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody finds a way to take the listen, even when you go on vacation, you're basically taking yourself away from your reality for a week yeah. or however yeah. long it is, you know. Changing the setting. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm still trying to figure out how to make my life a vacation. Well, I'm tired of taking vacations. <laughs> I wanna make I wanna make my life a vacation. Well, when you go to Puerto Rico, that's a vacation, you know. That's a. It's about to say move to Maui, dude. Well, you know, I, I see. I go to Puerto Rico about four or five times a year, oh, so yeah. I don't see it as a vacation. I see it as my second home. You say, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not bad. So you know, um, but you know, I I, I got to find a way how to. I see blue water, you know. Let's <laughs> let me diverge off the conversation. Yeah, go, go for it. Go for it. Us black people, we from warmth. Yeah. We not used to this cold. You know what I'm saying? So, so why we cheat ourselves? Why do I live in New York? I'm trying to still figure that out. Why am I here fighting and fighting and fighting? When I fly to Puerto Rico, I see a train. I may feel a lot of application when I go down there <laughs> and see what's going on. Why do I live in New York? The blue water, the, the weather, New York, cold, high crime, mm. high rent. Just a fast-paced environment, not even yeah. all the, that. Just, you know what it is? We, that, that's something, too, though, because we're not a fast-paced people, man. We not. We like to just chill out. <laughs> but you know what? The funny thing is that's what humans are supposed to do. If you look at every, if you look at every brown culture on this planet, I'll say brown in particular, yeah. just for the entire the spectrum of brown, <laughs> right? Before they were uh, intervened with or <laughs> <laughs> historically, yeah. they had it straight, man. There was no crime. There was no litter. There were no problems. There was no mental illness. They had food source. They had water source. They had shelter. They had everything they needed in a way that they could live for tens to hundreds of thousands of years the same exact way in peace. Correct. Brown cultures. Yeah. And, but, we, and they live properly without all these laws. Yeah. Yeah, but you want to. We didn't need contracts. Yeah. We but, didn't need regulations. But you know that that comes from that comes from when you speak about the brown culture, and we go. I'm gonna use your terminology, and where the brown culture. Let's look at Africa. We never had to ration anything because we had everything in abundance. Mm -hmm. When you look at European culture, it's only two, three months of growing things. Then it's winter. So they had to learn how to hoard, how to be greedy, how to steal, how to be conniving. And then when they came and intervened with Africa, that's when things got wrong. And, and I feel that things went wrong from everything you said to even monogamy and polygamy because when you look at the history of Africa, Man had more than one, you know, wife or whatever the case is, as many he could take care of. But when you look at European culture, they didn't have a lot. So they couldn't take care of four or five wives. They came to Africa and destroyed everything. Like, when you, when you, it, it's just real funny when you look at European culture and you look at African culture. Yeah. You know, you do the real history. So it's, it's a big different mentality. Yeah. Very way different. different. Way, we are people of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they can't sit in the sun mm -hmm. without all these chemicals on their skin and things like that. And, you know, um, but is is to me, I, I, I say this in my group, 
we live in America. Everything is about money and race. That's right. We here now, so I mean. Yeah, and we you gotta do what we gotta do here. Look, now. we fighting with this last stuff. It mostly affects African American and Latino communities. Why? Why our communities? Well, you know the deal, poorer communities. It's all the money. No, we know. Money class. It's also about money. America is about money, class, and race. Yeah. It's also about class. Yeah, but money, money defines what class you in. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. know, at, at the very end of the day, you know, but we have to find a way. More brothers like Chris Lake that's doing the the the, the justice would need, and and it's not even race. What you doing it for? You doing it for all the kids. Yeah, because you know, at the end yeah, of the day, I'm doing it for all races. Racism, racism isn't. Uh, you ain't born with it. You, it's taught. You learn it. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Learn you know, it. it's taught. And, and it's subtle too, because again, I'm from I'm from Long Island, right? So you know, what part of Long Island? Plainview. Plainview. What, what's the, what is like out there? There's no need to go there. <laughs> get out. <laughs> get, get out. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the sunken place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no need, man. There's no need. But you know, so I grew up. I grew up in a, in, a, in a lot of areas where there was very few black people, but you know, I noticed, like, there's a certain fear, you know, no matter how old I was, there's always a certain fear and apprehension that, that other people had involving me. And, you know, kids see this. This is the thing. Kids don't learn by what you tell them. They learn by what you do. Mm. So if you're, with a, if you're with your mom and you see that every time that she approaches someone and they're walking, they walk in and they approach, she says, hey, how you doing? And they all, that person always looks the same exact way as a mom. That kid's learning, I'm going to talk to people who look exactly like me this way. But if they see their mom cross the street when someone looks differently, mm-hmm. is walking down the sidewalk and clutch their handbag or what have you, mm-hmm. and, or when they're at the, at the, the market or something and, and they have to talk, it's, it's very short and it's, very just, it's not very polite. Mm-hmm. That kid learns, oh, that's how I treat those people. Correct. That's, that's where racism is born because it's, it's not even something that I think someone who's racist can logically identify in their experience and saying, you know, I realize that I should treat black people differently now or this way because of this. It's those subtle things. It's those subtle things of, of apprehension and of assuming this is how I'm supposed to treat these people. Okay. And then as they get older, they start developing their own belief systems and saying, well, all I see of black people on TV is they're, they're supposed to be entertaining or they're supposed to be musical. Or they're supposed to Shucking be Shucking and driving. You know, well, I guess that's all they are. And then if they happen to try the E-train one day and they see Showtime, they're going to think, <laughs> they're gonna think yeah, this, this is exactly what I read about in the encyclopedia. So they think, you know. It just kind of, it's unfortunate. But, you know, I appreciate you saying, you know, cats like me because there's a lot more cats like me. There are cats listening. There's cats out there who, who don't realize they can do these things because I didn't think I'd be jumping into this kind of sphere, you know, growing up. I had no idea I'd be doing stuff like this. It just, you find the cause that strikes you, you go with it is the way I look at it, you know? So before your cause now, you know, you know, before you got into this, as far as occupation, what was you like? What did you do for a living? I work with kids with autism. I still do. Oh, you still okay? I still do. That's my that's my quote unquote day job. So I work with uh, three kids right now. Two kids on the Upper East Side, one in Clinton Hill, and my job is to teach them a wide variety of skills from talking to typing. You go to their home? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I go to their home, and you know I'll be with some kids anywhere from an hour, other kids up to six and a half hours, and I'll work one on one with them to teach them life skills, man. So do you do? So what stage do you do? Early intervention or? Uh, you know, early intervention is my favorite oh, yeah. uh, from, for a number of reasons. One, um, you know, because they're just little kids and they're just innocent and it's just easy to work with. But two, because uh, you can actually help a kid get rid of the diagnosis if you get, if they get therapy early enough, they can lose basically the majority of symptoms that you'd find with autism. Mm-hmm. Um, so like if I were to do therapy with a kid starting at two, by the time they're at five, 
they might not still have a diagnosis. But if you start with the kid at four, uh, do you credit it to your work, your your, your style? Hmm? Because do everybody wouldn't have these same results? Uh, you know, you're asking me not to be humble right now. Listen, <laughs> I just I just made a post in my group about a week ago about being humble. To me, um, I don't feel people should be humble. <laughs> I, I, I'll be very honest with you. I don't feel because the way I look at it is that why should I make you feel comfortable in your insecurity? That's fair. That's fair. Well, then I guess the if you're great at something, I want you to tell me. I mean, anyone, if you're great, I want to let me know that you're great. Like, what, what, what's wrong with not being humble? What's the what's what's the? Oh, he 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 flashes too much. He does this, but you the same person that want to go buy that Benz. You the same person that want to go to Saks Fifth and buy those thousand dollar shoes. That three thousand dollar bat. Is yeah, that man. being humble? That's fair. When you going back to the projects? No, that's not being humble. <laughs> is no. that being humble? It's not being smart either. Not being smart. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. It, it don't even have to be living in the projects. It's just. If you're a working person and you don't have it like that, yeah. you shouldn't be shopping at Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah, but that's not being humble either. No, it's not being humble. No, I see what you're saying. That's yeah. not being humble. No, you know, listen. Everybody has a time in their life where they flourish to a, you know, to a real high level. You know, so you know, but you're right. If you if you're humble, then you're holding back who you really are and how you correct. Feel. Yeah, correct. You know? yeah. But if you great at if you feel that you look, I'm very good at what I do. That's it. There you go. That's it. There's nothing wrong with saying that. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Yeah. No, I, lo I love what I do too, man, because because of the fact I'm very good at what I do. And part of it, there's there's very few black men that do what I do, but there's very few men who do what I do also. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my industry is one that's dominated by women, I would say 90%, which is ironic because uh, about 80% of the kids in this field are men or, or male. So you have 90% women working with 80% you know, male. You mean uh, the the uh, people affected? Most okay. people, most of the people with special needs are, are boys. For okay. whatever reason, we're just uh, you could say the good Lord sought fit to make sure women would outlive us. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it came down to an end of world situation, you had you had uh, you'd rather have one man and ten thousand women than one woman and ten thousand men. Yeah. Uh, yeah, correct. Right? Um, for a number of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> the obvious. Yeah, for a number of reasons. But, but we'd, we'd keep living. If you had 10,000 women and one man, we'd live. Yeah. If it was the other way around, we're dead. Yeah, correct. You know, we're dead. Um, so typically the, the female um, kind of doesn't get as affected by things that usually cause developmental delays as easily as boys. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and to be fair, black, black young men get affected even more so. And that's probably more a product of the environment because, again, most, you know, those who do live in low-income areas and public housing, the public housing in New York is some of the oldest in the country, straight up. So if, this, if you live in an old housing that has old pipes, that has slumlord tenants or, or people who are just not too concerned with making sure we have the greatest standards of living, we're not going to have the greatest standards of living. Are your clients, what are your clients, black, white? Whole mix. Autism hits everyone. Yeah. It's, 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 pretty, it's pretty indiscriminate. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty indiscriminate. I have one kid. He's uh, he's half Indian. He's half Bengali and half Turkish. I have one girl. She's half Irish and half Albanian. And I have one kid who's half Bosnian and half Irish. I used to be a custodian in the um. I used to be a custodian in the District 75 school right. with with autistic kids. And you you know you see everybody. You know Jews, yep. blacks, yep. Latinos. It's funny you say Jews. They have a real problem with it. Um, they have two big problems with, with, with autism in, in that it affects them, but they really stigmatize it. So they just like, they don't really address it. It's kind of odd. Oh, yeah? It's a, really? cult it's a cultural thing. They don't really address it. So like if you have a school, a friend of mine actually works at a, um, 
I'm not sure a proper term that's a school for Jewish kids. Like I don't think they let and if you're not Jewish, you're not going there basically. Yeah. And the classrooms have kids who are full blown autistic, but they don't put them in anything special because the family doesn't want to stigmatize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's odd, but that makes that makes everyone's life a little bit more difficult at the same time. How how, how can a parent get in contact with you, whether it's led your services as being um. Well, it's Autism Month, right? Is it? Huh? Is it Autism Month? It is. April is, is Autism Month. Autism, autism Month, month. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. 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 It's all good. But how can, how can a parent, like, they listen to this show and they be like, yeah. you know what? Maybe I want Mr. Lake if my child is having um, problems with autism or I want to know more about lead. How can they get in contact? Uh, they can hit me up my email. It's, uh, it's Chris Lake at C4C.NYC. So it's C H R I S L A K E at C, the number four, AC, dot NYC. Okay. And hit me up. Yeah, if you just want to chat, if, you, uh, if you're having a frustrating situation and you don't really know how to handle it, if your kid has behaviors that you, you just want to uh, work on, if you're having therapists that you have issues with, please hit me up, especially if you have therapists that you're just not 100% on, because there's, there's more than enough therapists out there who ain't doing their job. The way now, how do they pay you, like a regular person? Like, you, with do money. You, <laughs> <laughs> no, no insurance. Cause no, we we want to make sure our Aetna cover. Yeah, oh, <laughs> we want to make sure our Aetna cover your cover exactly. your services. Yeah, there's, right. There's there's a number of ways I get paid. So I work through I work through one agency right now, and so I get paid a paycheck. I'm a, I'm an employee. Okay. To, um, uh, through them, and then one family I was working through the agency to see that kid, and then with EI the case times out when they turn three. So once they're three, you're just not supposed to see the kid anymore. Okay. It's just, it's just goodbye. It's supposed to be a very emotionless goodbye. You're not supposed to like, just see you, good luck. That's it. Um, the family asked me like, would you stay on if we paid you under the table? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it's not against an... Nah, it's all good. Uh-huh. But um, what, what, what parents can do actually is use uh, insurance through their own employer. I think it's called WePay. And they can actually have their, their employer pay them back. Oh. But, uh, and then uh, the third family that I work with, they, I work, I'm contracted through as a 1099 employee through another BCBA, that term I told you before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I work basically proxy through her with the child, and they they cut me a check at the end of the month for for the hours worked. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So you could be uh, you like your own independent contractor, basically. It's like freelance therapy, I yeah. think. Yeah, I wake up uh, whenever I want. It's nice. I'm not gonna lie. See, I need I need a job. I can see. That's why I gotta <laughs> stick. I gotta stick with school, man. Yo, like Tom saying, I told you, man. I had to work three jobs. I worked three jobs to put myself through, through community college and Queens College, and then to get through Toro to get my master's. And I'm glad I did. I yeah. bust my ass, busted my fucking. You ass. wouldn't be. We wouldn't be here talking about that. Nope. I'd be working as a waiter at Legal Seafood, so that place closed down. So maybe Capital Grill. I don't know. <laughs> nah, you wouldn't <laughs> be at Capital Grill with this type. <laughs> nah, you speak too well. What you what you gonna do there? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Sell a steak specials. <laughs> oh man, that's, that stuff killed my soul, man. But yeah, you know, uh, it's it's what I love to do though because I like seeing kids. I find for a lot of kids with autism, people really don't give them enough credit. Um, and when I read books written by kids with autism, you know, my mind's blown because there's one book in particular. And any parent out there is listening right now, and your child doesn't speak in particular, and you want to understand your kid better. Try to imagine that your child understands you just as well as any other child his age or her age, but their body is working against them, against their will. And that's what's terrifying about it. Same thing with lead poison. This 13-year-old boy, he wrote this book called Reason I Jump. Because a lot of kids with autism, they jump, they flap their hands, they do, I told you, behaviors that you just look at, you're like, what are you doing? Um, 
And when you read the book, it's it looks like it's a book written by a very intelligent, articulate 13-year-old. So there's this weird split, right? Because you're seeing one kid who can't talk, who left his own devices, will just spin in a circle and stare at his hand. But then when given a typewriter, given, a, given access to, to a laptop, he's able to write an elegant book the same way a very intelligent 13-year-old would, answering questions. Because that's what their mind is. Their mind is actually quite intelligent, but their body is freaking out on them every day. Yeah. And they can't make, like, they, they're saying, okay, I want to do this. And the body says, nope, we're going to do this. We're going to say this. So we're going to, and they can't control it. They're trapped in their body. And that's what's so heartbreaking about it. So the fact that I, I have that knowledge, I use that with the kids. And sometimes I'll talk to them. And I'll be like, listen, I know you're trapped in your body. Like, I know you're trying to do this. And they'll look at me. They'll give me a look that just pierces through my soul. And it says, thank you for understanding me, because no one does. People just think I'm an idiot. Wow. They just think I'm dumb. And, and that's why I like what I do, because I'm able to, 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 to reach in there and, and get that person that's in there and, and, and help, help it thrive and help it grow. Yeah. I have this one girl I'm working with right now. I'll be real quick. This one girl I'm working with right now, she can't speak. The, the biggest uh, achievement I had a few months ago was giving her the 26th letter of the alphabet, just sounding it out. And um, I realized that she, she could spell. You know, I gave her these alphabet little letters, and she would, she would, she would organize them, and she could spell, and said, let me, let me get her typing. Right? And I got my laptop out, and I put the font real big. And I had her start typing things. And, and the, she, the look she gave me, she smiled because she knew that was her way out. She knew mm -hmm. this is the only way I'm going to be able to communicate. And it just, I love what I do, man. It, it touched you. Yeah, it does. still does. I love <laughs> what I do. What about ABC Mouse? Do you find that to be effective? It's pretty cool. It's I, pretty cool. I like ABC Mouse. Kids like that, too. You know, you want to you wanna try whatever you can as a parent to keep your kids engaged. You know, find out, find out what they like, though. You know what I mean? I remember as a kid, and it, it's hard to really put yourself back in the phase before you were a teenager, but like most of the time people just told you what you need to learn, and we didn't really give a fuck about any of it. You know what I mean? So you gotta learn about the Battle of Thermopylae, you gotta learn about the Spanish Armada, and you gotta learn about Pythagorean's theorem. And you're like, and as a kid, you ask the question, when am I ever gonna need this? And you were right as a kid. We never needed that now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? But today, you can teach a kid how to make an app, you can teach a kid how to, how to code, you can teach a kid how to make a robot. And they can use that to make money now. Yeah. You know what I mean? My girl was talking about we gotta throw like a, we gotta throw a mixer in the future to show kids you can be a copywriter, you can be you can be a graphic designer, and you can make, you know, starting salary eighty k as a graphic designer working for an advertising firm. And and before a kid might think, oh, I can't do anything with my doodles. Yes, you can. You can make eighty k a year out of college if you just learn what jobs are available. And I don't think we give kids that option because we ask them at six what they want to be when they grow up. And, they <laughs> and that's a big mistake <laughs> also. Because, because, exactly, because you don't know what's you don't know what's in your future. You don't know what's out there even. Exactly. You know like I, mean? I said, you can train, you can go to school for something and then be just taking a whole nother route. So that's why I never did. I look back on that question. and I'm like, why did they used to ask, you ask that? me that? You want me to pick doctor or lawyer? Right. OK, doctor, get out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you with the lead yeah. and, and autism. Do you believe that there's a. Um, correlation between yes. vaccines all right so vaccines here's a tricky thing about vaccines and i have to be very careful when i speak on this um i would say at first there was um and that's because there's an active ingredient called thimerosal okay which is basically a version of mercury yeah now mercury if you were to look at the definition of the symptoms of mercury poisoning it is basically identical to the symptoms of autism um coincidence right uh, the issue with vaccines is that they, why do they put thimerosal in vaccines in the first place, right? So they use that as a preservative. They use that so the active ingredient inside the vaccine can stay alive for longer. Um, 
so it's not in particular the vaccine itself that causes any damage to a child, but it would be the preservative. So when that argument's made and someone says no vaccines aren't hurting children, they're right, but it's dancing around the subject. Um, but that being said, a lot of vaccines have removed their Marisol, so it's not all vaccines. But ultimately, you know, my concern is that I think overall we have just too much metal in our system. You know, between mercury coming in there, between, you know, uh, some people have still have mercury fillings in their mouth, and that the vapors from that are going into your system every day in a small little amount, but that's causing damage. And it's subtle. Who cares if you get a little dumber? If you're good at your job and you're getting paid and you're taking care of your family, what's it matter, right? So I can't do, so I can't do calculus anymore. Who cares? You know, <laughs> you, do, you, do, you don't know what you don't know and you forgot what you forgot. So yeah. what does it matter at the end of the day, right? But, um, but it adds to the system because there are, I have heard a lot of stories. And this is, this is where I, I can speak on experience. Heard a lot of stories about parents who had kids. They went to get shots. And right after the kid got a vaccine, I mean right after, that kid got a fever, they took a nap, and when they woke up, they had autism. And wow. this is not uncommon. This wow. is not uncommon. I wouldn't say it's 50%, but I would say it's at least 40% of the parents that I talked to. Because when I got my son vaccinated, I got a 10-month, you know, when I got him vaccinated, I was against it, to be honest with you. But you know, my girl, like, you know, whatever. She's right. You should get your kids vaccinated. You should. But there's, we just get, there's, there's something like, Four, like four times the amount of vaccinations that kids are getting today than we did. And there's something to that, like that's gonna add to what's in our system. We have too much in our system compared to our parents and the parents before us. Bet Correct. Between metals and pesticides is another one. Um, and we don't even screen for pesticides, mind you. But pesticides have been proven to cause autism, straight up. Wow. They're, they're called organophosphates. So there's, there's a lot that we are just not really screening for, which we can. Um, but I can't, it sucks because I can't say vaccines cause autism just because I can't take it back. If I <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can say from experience, I've known parents who've gotten vaccines and then boom, that kid got a fever. It's always the same thing too. Fever, nap. Because the doctor told us that he may have a slight fever after the vaccine. So it seems pretty normal. Scary all the same, man. <laughs> you know, I, I know kids sometimes they get like five shots in one day. So I think if anything, I would say, I'll tell parents out there, get your kids vaccinated, but for the love of God, space it out. No, what we do, that's one thing we do because we want to see, yeah. all right, he, I mean, no matter if you space it out or not, you can't reverse a vaccine. No. <laughs> so, no, but, but if you space it out, at least it doesn't overload the system. Yeah. And I think that's what happened to the kids who, you know, when I tell you those parents, that story, I think their system got overloaded because some kids will get like five shots in a day. And, yeah, yeah. and if you could tell a doctor, listen, I'd rather just, let's just start with two. And then maybe next week we'll, we'll do a little bit more. Yeah. That's what he tell, that's what we tell our doctor. Look, we go get him the minimum. We go do this. Yeah. We await a few. Yeah. We come back. We do it again. Yeah. Cause I feel so hopeless when the doctor stick my son and my son looking at me like daddy, you ain't gonna punch him in the face. I got to turn my head cause I don't want to see my son cry. You know, I so I feel you, man. I feel you, man. That's you tough. know, you know, it's it's it's, it's crazy, man. Yeah, but I'll, yeah. Still, I'll still say like get a, get them vaccinated. Just just space it out. Space it out. Get the minimum. Like like you're doing. That's probably the best way to do yeah. it. Get the minimum, and then you know here and there. But when you're getting like five done in one month, the next month another five. I think that's when your system gets overloaded. Yeah. For the kids who are vulnerable, in particular, and unfortunately, science doesn't yet know how to tell which kids are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. um, low birth weight is associated with its autism. So if your kid happened to have been born, let's say under six pounds, 
um, then you might really want to space out your vaccinations in particular. Okay. Yeah, you might really want to get your water tested. Get your water tested anyway. Just get your water tested. Yeah, for real. Well, low birth weight, huh? Yeah, that's associated with autism. Because it's, it's bizar- again, the problem with this disease is so confusing. That's why it's a puzzle piece. The girl I was telling you about, who I'm teaching how to type, she's a triplet. Wow, so her birth weight was low anyway. But, but her other two sisters, I mean, she's an identical triplet. She's, so it's the, same, it's the same uterus, same egg, split in three, and only she got it. And that's what's so confusing, because you think if it's genetic, all three of them would be autistic, right? Correct. And I've known other moms who've had four kids, and each kid came out more severe than the next. So it's, it's so confusing. That's so do you think autism is, is genetic? I think it's both. I think there's genetic weaknesses that get hit with environmental uh, triggers, and then boom, it's just too much. Yeah. You know, if that kid didn't get hit with those environmental triggers, though, they might have been fine. But if, if that kid happens to get five vaccines in one day, that might have been the... The trigger. Yeah. Now, yeah. Let me, now, let me ask you something. Yeah. Where did the term and the name autism come from? That's a great question, man. Honestly, I don't know. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because, because you know, back in the days, right, um, a lot of people didn't know how to deal with this kind of thing. Yeah. But now you have, you again, you have early intervention. You have these programs. You have autism. You, you understand? But back in the he's days. He's looking up right now. He's like, exactly. Yeah. But, <laughs> exactly. But that, you know, that's what he likes to do. But growing up, it's like, you know when a kid is different or special or whatever. So it's like, you know, kids always said, oh, you're retarded. Or, oh, you're yeah. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know what I mean? Mean kids can be. So I just said to myself, wow, I wonder... Did they know that it was called autism back in the day? You no, know, no. I, I think the phrase was uh, I think the phrase was somewhat recent, but honestly, for life me, I couldn't tell the exact uh, origin. But yeah, no, that's the thing. Back in the day, it used to be it used to be like you know the word they used to, you know they used to call them daddy, used to call them uh, other, mental retardation was what a lot of kids fell into, and then once they realized there's a difference um, in in the expression of it, they started shifting it. You know, and, and Tramel and I were talking before about the DSM-4 that helped split it off a little bit and said, no, these are kids who have mental retardation and these are kids who have autism. And then they changed mental retardation to mental disability or d- uh, intellectually impaired mm-hmm. because that became more of a pejorative term that became more of a slur and an insult mm-hmm. um, because kids are cruel and kids are going to be like, hey, you're weird. So, hey, let's all make fun of the weird kid. Cool. Now we all feel stronger, which is, uh, you know, just the way of the world. But... Um, yeah, no. You know, know, you know what's interesting about the DSM. You know, they they used to consider homosexuality, yep, um, a disorder. They took it out in 1973, and it never came back. I, I find that very interesting. Took it out of where? The DSM. It's oh. the the um psychological manual. Oh yeah. For um disorders. Yeah, it used to be a disorder. Yeah. Yeah. So they do, and they would treat you. You know, they still do in some parts of this country, man. It's crazy. They have conversion therapy. You ever heard of that? No. Oh, my God. So, What's that? So they'll take... Oh, sick, dude. It's, 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 it's sick. Um, they'll take someone who's homosexual, and they'll put them, like, you know, I guess you could say in a camp or some sort of compound, and they will give them anything, anywhere from shock therapy to psychotherapy to... I did hear about that. To convert them. Convert them Which one of the presidents be- was trying to get rid of that? Somebody was trying to get rid of that, I believe. I'm not going to say a president, but it might be the guy right underneath him. Or vice president. Okay, he's, somebody he's was trying to get fan. rid of that. Yeah. Oh, trying to get rid of it? Yeah. Oh. Somebody was fighting against that. I hope so. Because I heard, I heard 
I'm was it when Obama first I'm came? I'm pretty in? sure Obama would have been the one who's going to fight against because him anyway. I heard about that and yeah. then it just disappeared. That's it's crazy. funny that you yeah, bring that back a up. Lot, a lot of states they still believe in it, which is you know it's crazy to me because again, like I told you about like D.C. pageantry. Why do people care who the fuck's gay? You know how does that affect your day-to-day life? How does it affect you filling your fridge, feeding your kids, paying your bills? How does it affect whether you're going to heaven or not? If that's your biggest concern. It's social foolishness. It makes no. It makes no sense to me. Because even if you want to say, if you want to say, oh, but then they're gonna, they're gonna what? They're gonna convert your son? There's not a straight man in the world who's willing to take a dick in her ass because they see another (laughs) gay man dancing on the stage. That's never gonna happen. You're never gonna. Let me just try this out. (laughs) Right, get drunk. Let me try it out. Let me try it. No, No, it's never gonna happen. You could be on any <laughs> drug under the sun. You're not gonna try it out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true, but like you said, but not even with homosexuality. Um, Chris was talking about uh, Syria, North Korea, that type of pageantry. Also, like I never understood why the United States want to get involved with other people's business. Oh, that's for the resources, though, dog. Oh yeah, 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 you know yeah. I mean? we, yeah, yeah. We always want the resources. We're not gonna get involved. We're not gonna get involved in Venezuela. Right? <laughs> no, for real. They're starving to death right now. You know that? They're out, of, they're out of food. Wow. They don't have food. People there are eating two meals a day. Yeah. And it's been that way for a good, like, six months. Why aren't we there? Why aren't we there? There's chemical weapons happening in Syria, right? Syria's really far away, though. But Venezuela doesn't have anything to offer us. What does Syria have? Natural gas? I want a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Why, are we, why are we in Sudan? Of all the African countries, why do we care about Sudan? They got uranium? Bet. Let's get some of that yellow cake. Anywhere we're going to be in the world, it's because we want the resources. It's, it's, cap, it's that Europeanism, capitalism. It's, it's, it's capitalistic colonialism, yeah. man. It's a shift. You know? it's, it's the decisions that the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers yeah. of this yeah. country yeah. make. Yeah. Okay, there yeah. ain't no goddamn Trump and the president, please. <laughs> no, it's pageantry. That's what it's I'm pad- saying. Exactly. And it keeps us distracted. And, pe- and it's great because it polarizes people. Mm-hmm. It makes people say, I feel strongly about this. Resist. F Trump or pro Trump or whatever it is. But it doesn't change the fact you still got to go to work. I told you, I stopped watching. It doesn't change the fact you got to go to work. It doesn't change the fact you got to feed your kids. It doesn't change the fact you got to take your your parents when they're getting sick. And like you said, traffic, it don't change traffic. It don't change traffic, man. When something's going to change traffic, let me know. Yeah. I'll be, I'll protest that. But otherwise, I'm like, you're wasting your fucking time, man. You know, they talk about body cams for cops. It's not going to change anything. You got to take your own people, man, because this. You don't think body cams for cops are changing anything? Why? Every cop that shot someone shut it off. No, some of them was caught. But I think that. you know, I, I have a, I'm, I'm. I wish it could. I'll put this way. I wish it could, but I doubt it, man. You, you know what comes down? I'll tell you a story, right? You know, I told you I live in the burbs, right? Mm-hmm. One thing I like about the burbs is really peaceful at night, right? I once did a count. I was working in South Bronx with this kid a couple months ago, and I sat in this deli to eat like lunch, and I said, and I saw all these people walking by the door, and I said, you know, I want to do a count, and I counted for one minute how many people passed by in a minute. I was just curious. How many people just walk on East 149th Street? 130. I saw 130 people pass in one minute. I was like, damn, god damn, it's a lot of people. You know, in the burbs, if I walk for 10 minutes around my block, around where I live, I will see at most two people. At most. And that's like, that's an event, right? So I'm walking around. <laughs> there it is. I'm like, holy shit, people are out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and you said you were on 149th Street? I was, like, I was east on 149th Street, yeah. Okay, yeah, in the one, Bronx. In the Bronx. And I was like, let me just count how many people walk by. I'm curious what the, what the crowd is like, you know, on a typical, you know, it was like three o'clock and that's how many people walk by. You know, it's busy there all the time. Oh yeah, of course, the shopping area. Yeah, yeah I'm saying. So, so where I am, it's quiet and I'm walking at night. This happened a couple of weeks ago. The week right before, it was right before Easter, baby. Yeah, it was right before Easter. And I was walking out because I had to meet, I had a meeting with a copywriter and, you know, I had to talk to my mom because I wanted to clear my head. It's three in the morning, walk around. There's no black people where I live, right? So I'm walking around. 
getting close to home, and all of a sudden I see this cop car start cruising down, right? I'm like, all right, maybe they'll just drive on. This won't be an event, but it's probably going to be an event. So <laughs> I get to the corner. I'm literally like I'm across the street and one house down from my house, right? And the cop car sees me, and then I hear him slam on the brakes and then put it in reverse. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a situation. <laughs> this, this ought to be interesting. The dude gets out. He asked me, like, you know, you know, put your hands up. I'm like, I'm tired. I'm what? Like, this is protocol, dog. This is, I'm like, yeah, whatever, fine. And I wait. He gets out the car, and I see not only is his hand on the gun, but the gun's already out, and he's shaking. And I was so mad. I was so mad. I'm like, why the fuck are you shaking? A, you're physically bigger than me, but B, you have a gun, and you're afraid of me, dog? I work with little kids with autism. I'm a preschool teacher. I run a charity, and you see as much threat in me as you see with some dude who has a shotgun on his back, ready to fucking kill someone. Like, he's shaking scared. And I'm like, I really don't have time for this. <laughs> you know what I mean? What was the demographic of the cop? He was, he was a white guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just like I always say, right, that a lot of people take their job for a lot of reasons that they take a lot of these civil service jobs. Mm -hmm. And I was telling somebody tonight that everybody's not cut out for the job no, that they no. take. He wasn't. Exactly. He so wasn't. basically, because for something just, just like Officer Liang that shot the kid in the pink house and everything, people like that are not cut made for that job, okay? But they pass a test, yeah. they pass a psych test, yep. and they pass the training. Hey, I got the job. And so that's what I mean by saying diversity is all good, but basically I really believe that that policy, it, it shoots just, it, you, you basically shot yourself in the foot with, the, you know, with diversity when it comes to these, you know, when it comes to well, a job well, like you that. Can't, well, you can't, the thing is with a cop, you can't expect a 21 year old Thank you. to take on adult issues, real, real you issues. A real issues. Real, not in six, the training is only six months. That's the other thing, man. And yeah. these kids, these kids are coming fresh, fresh out of high school, yeah. and they don't have world experience. Yeah. They don't experience people outside of their culture. They're not laughing and breaking bread and drinking with people who don't look like them, smell like them, pretty like them. So when they come across someone who looks different, they're already nervous. This guy was shit. When I tell you he's shaking, I mean he was, was he young? And yeah, he was in his twenties. Yeah, he okay. was young. But I was looking at him like, man, why? Why are you shaking? You know what I mean? Like you think I'm gonna like I'm gonna lunge at you or something with vampire speed and kill you? But you wanna know what that is? That's that's straight racism. I'm gonna tell you why. I'm quite sure you live you live in the suburbs. Yeah, man. Crime is low. Yeah. There's man. no reason for there's him. No reason. There's no reason. There's, there's no reason. There, there's probably no crime. Just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing happening here. There, there's no reason for Absolutely him to not. be scared. Versus a Peter Liang, they had him in the pink houses. Crime is crazy. So you expect them to be the residents are scared. Yeah. So, you, you know, the human factor of you being afraid and, you know, what's going on in these neighborhoods, but in your particular situation in the suburbs, no threat. No threat. But this, this comes back to the body cam issue because I won't, I'll, I'll spare you the, the, the entire story, but I had to calm him down, right? And he thanked me for it twice. He said, we're scared. I'm sorry, man. We're scared shitless out here. I was like, let's just get shitless of what? Just anything that could happen, man. They have this. They they play too many video games and watch too many bad movies, and they think everyone's just just out to get them. And see, that's what it is. It's it's everything that they watch or what they're exposed to. They're playing first person shooter games when they go home, and they think when they're <laughs> they are. You know they are. They go home when they're playing Halo or they're playing Counter Strike or they're playing whatever it is, and, they, and and it's a game for them. But then when it's real life, like, oh shit, I don't get a second life. No, you don't. So why are you why are you in this job? Mm -hmm. And that's why I don't think the body cam matters because if you're not in the right position, what does it matter when you're face to face with someone who's a threat? My whole thing is I wish training were different so that a cop could know or they can test cops and say, how confident are you that when you're approaching a situation that's aggressive, that you can calm the situation down with just your words? 
that you don't need a taser, that you don't need your gun, that you can confidently be like, all right, dude, let's think about this. No, no matter what, I'll, I, my personal belief is that the best cops are former vet, yep. uh, veterans. Yeah, I think all veterans should be like, all, the, all, all veterans. these veterans are out of work, they should make them cops. Make them I mean, cops. Make them cops. Yeah. Or ch- you know what they need to do also? They need to change the law where they say if you have a prior, you can't be a cop, because that's ridiculous. You're losing out not only on a, on a, a huge employment force, but people who understand the streets and can talk to people. Right. Even if they're not, if, even if they're not from the South Bronx, but they're from Brownsville, they can still communicate on a different level mm-hmm. than some dude who's from Chelsea, point blank. You know what I mean? And that's what drives me nuts. Like, why would you? Why? Would, I mean, I get it because you want to disenfranchise populations or you have some control on this, that, and the other. Right? That's what. That's what it's, they would never say it, but yeah, that's what that's it is. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. But, but but it's it's sh- it's shooting them in the foot. You know what I mean? And I think the other problem is that people don't have a plan for peace. You know, it's a fairy tale idea. Mm, it's that's a unicorn. Deep. Yeah. Because what are you supposed to? If, there, if we achieve peace tomorrow, right? Let's pretend for a second, right? If there was peace tomorrow, you don't need cops. So what are they gonna do? Yeah. Let me ask you this, because that's that's a very inter- interesting concept. How you feel about unity then? Is unity made up also? Unity? Yeah. No, unity's real, man. Unity's easy. So you don't think that unity and peace run? Hand to hand. Unity, all you need for unity is good food, man. I'm a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> we, we notice that when we do our progressive action events, we get people out when you say alcohol, yeah. food. Food, man. Once you got food, people will show up. Yeah. Unity is easy, man. It's, the problem is that there's been so many things put in place to make us see each other as different. You know, we are tribal in nature because that's what we evolved from. Uh, and when you say us, you mean blacks. No, I mean, I mean, I mean humans. Humans, yeah, everyone's tribal. You know what I mean? But whether it's white, black, or if you want to look in black and say dark-skinned Negro and waffle-colored Negro and this, that, East Coast, West Coast, we're tribal. And the thing is, we're, uh, black people in particular are the most split-up culture on the planet, across the planet, because there was a lot of powers that be, different dominating colonial powers that needed to split us up. Mm-hmm. They, they read some, some article that said divide and conquer and said, let's go with it. And they did it. Mm-hmm. And they did it before we saw it coming. Sucks for us, right? But they did it well. Um, but that being said, there's still a lot more that unites us than divides us. And once we're forced to see that, not even forced to see that, once we can take a lighthearted approach to that and not talk politics and not talk about things that get us hot, but just say, hey, you want to eat? I could eat. You want to drink? Yeah. We can chill. You know, and then we could talk about things that matter to us. So like if we talk about, hey, you want your kids to have lead-free water? So do I. Let's make sure our kids have lead-free water. Hey, do you want to make sure that, you know, your neighborhood has, that the food is available for your neighborhood, my neighborhood, you know, the basic things that we need. And we, again, we get caught up in the hot button topics, the pageantry, the things that split us up. We don't talk enough about the things that unite us because mm-hmm. it's boring. Peace is kind of <laughs> boring in yeah. a sense because nothing's changing, right? Yeah. But, but we need to find a way to come back to that at the same time because at this point, it's do or doom. Yeah. You know what that, I mean? That, that, that's, deep. <laughs> that's deep. That's our sound to let us know that it's time to go. All right, cool. No, but before we go, we want you to leave the people with a final word. We want you to reiterate your contact information. And uh, we definitely want to have you back on the show sometime soon to let us know, you know, any any developments, anything new that we should know, the people should know. We'll know we want to get that out there. Very cool, very cool. So, so those listening, I want to make sure you first and foremost remember, get your children tested, all right? Get your children tested. By law, your kids should have been tested at one and at two. Um, and your doctor should give you a certificate to give you the results. So when you go and get your child tested, get the certificate, you know, and you're going to have to push your doctor to give it to you because they might not understand what you're asking because not all of them have been trained to do so. Outside of that, get your water tested. You can get a free lead test kit from New York City. 
go to nyc.gov or Google search free lead test kit, New York City. You'll see it. They send it to you. Get your own water tested. You got to do your own due diligence. Get your paint tested in your house. Call 311. They'll, they'll connect you to the housing preservation unit, and that'll make sure that you know you've covered all three dimensions of your life, of your children's life, and that you're in the clear. And if you're not in the clear, then you can start making the steps to take care of that now. There's no point in being ostrich about this and sticking your head in the sand. If you avoid this now, it'll only be worse later. That's how every problem is in life, right? Uh, in terms of contact information, my charity name is called Community for a Cause. You can visit us at www.c4, the number four, ac.nyc. My contact information is chrislake at c4ac.nyc. And I definitely want to support um, Maoli Hormeko. Visit him at hormeko4citycouncil.com. He is running for candidate uh, councilman of District 42. He's supporting Brownsville, East New York, and he's doing big things for the people. So he's someone else who's out there who's advocating for y'all. Uh, thank you guys in particular for your time. I really do appreciate that. Yeah, no it, was, it was a pleasure. It was definitely a pleasure. Let me tell you what the pleasure was. <laughs> Every week for like the past 50 some weeks, we just talked about transit issues. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, we threw it off a little bit. You know, we had to throw a little bit of transit in there. But um, this is definitely some valuable information. Appreciate you coming out at this time of night to come speak with us. Appreciate the queen for joining him. <laughs> Love you, baby. And um, we will tell the people, um, join our Facebook group, Progressive Action. Uh, the website, progressiveaction.info. The SoundCloud, Progressive Action. Twitter, we're about to get crazy on Twitter. We hit up Letitia James. And we got a response from her that the our Twitter's Progressive Act, A C T, and um, that's it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming in, Cuz. Well, yeah, no doubt. Traffic <laughs> <laughs> at all. I'll get yeah. here. You know? Th thanks for showing up. Uh huh. All right. Um, thanks for tuning in, y'all. We'll catch y'all next week. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a uh, good one. Y'all be good. <laughs>